Hey guys, it's Danielle. Uh, welcome to Female Intern. It's the intro part and then there's an interview. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what this podcast is. I, I just like having one-on-one -on -one time with people and then this podcast is like the conversation. Um, I don't really know who it's for. Um, I, I, I know a few like analytic data points about who the audience is, but it doesn't really give me, doesn't really give me a good sense of like who, who keeps tuning in, um, and what you like about it, but I'm trying to figure it out with you. And today I have a guest who I've wanted to hang out with for a long time. Uh, his name's Tony Sikowski and he's a comic who I've known for a couple of years now, I think. Um, and he's great. And he's just one of those, it's like, Tony's just a good, he's a good dude. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked to talk about him. Um, I, I did get a little stony baloney a little bit earlier this afternoon and I, I think I'm still like moving at, at that kind of slow pace, but, um, I, I like needed help today, like getting, just opening up, um, and feeling a little bit looser. I've been feeling really anxious, um, about the show I'm doing with Salma. Um, it's just, I'm just confront. It's just getting closer and closer to confronting this actual thing that is going to be the biggest, um, the biggest milestone in my, in my comedy career for sure. Um, it's still hard for me to give myself credit or take myself seriously in this respect, but if I don't do it, like no one will. So, you know, I got to take myself seriously and celebrate and acknowledge the wins when they are, you know, like the, the good shit. And that's what the show is. But, um, yeah, it's certainly, you know, one of the most high stakes kind of endeavors. Um, and I'm just nervous about it. Um, I, I, I'm having a hard time like disentangling whether like, are these nerves legitimate? Um, sure. You know, like we're still finishing, we're still finishing. Like it's, the the version we bring to the fringe is not going to be like the final version. Like we're about to figure out what the show is at the fringe. And I think I'm um, some people bring shows like that there and some people bring shows who they've been like rehearsing and performing it. It's there like for like four years. Um, you know, so a little part of me is like, oh, I'm a fraud. Uh, we haven't we'll only have performed the show live of like just a handful of times before we go. And that's true, but I, I don't think that's a, I don't know, you know, like self-doubt, it's a, it's a self-sabotage kind of tool. I just haven't really allowed myself to picture what it might be like to actually, um, you know, meet my goals. Um, I think I just always thought like, why, why believe in yourself when like disappointment is so is so plausible. And that's true. Um, but that's just, that's just the nature of being alive. Um, you gotta try, right? Or not, right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll see. But yeah, I've always been so like afraid to say out loud, like, I believe in myself, <laughs> you know, like I wanted my parents to do that. They kind of didn't. Um, or didn't in a way that I needed. And it's the, it's a very like core wound 
this like self validation, this this like void of you know your primary caregivers get being like I believe in you and I accept you and I like whatever you tell me you are like that's who you are like I'm used to a much more top down understanding of like coming of like getting to know yourself. Um, I just used to think like my parents are in charge of who I am, um, and yeah, I'm like in my thirties. I, I I should be over that by now, but. Nothing is, you know, this self, uh, self-knowledge is not linear. I'm going to keep discovering stuff about myself. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I'm trying really, con- you know, really um, consciously not to go overboard <laughs> with the negative self-talk about um, how I feel a little bit imposter-ish you know, going to the fringe so early in my comedy career and like with a show that hasn't been, you know, workshopped for as long as some of the other people. But, uh, you know, I'm legit. And if any, if anything, like Salma, Salma's cool as shit. Like she's, she's a working, you know, working comedian and like, and a dear friend who like wants to make a thing with me, which is just like the honor of a lifetime. You know, I, it is so wild to sit in meet in, in, in like you know have working sessions with Salma and our director Matt Daring, who it, it's like li- it truly been like one of the most healing um, and just like uh, meaningful like creative endeavors. Like we're really processing our our lives and figuring out how to um translated into a show you know for an audience so it's not just like masturbatory like let me tell you every single detail about stories and it's not coherent like no we're we're trying to you know polish it up but it's such um it's it's substance and material that is so it's so intensely personal and so i think that's another face of the the insecurity or the anxiety that i feel i'm just like yeah i'm going to be this is a unequivocal coming out against my upbringing. It's what the whole show is about. And I, I, I think I've been avoiding talking about this stuff in my comedy, at least to the extent that I will be in this show, because um, I'm just so afraid, so afraid to hurt my family. Um, so afraid to like, so afraid that if I express myself fully on something very close to me, like religion, um, that it's going to come across as a personal affront to the people who raised me and you know who I'm related to who still abide by a value system that I don't. Um, but I can't I did I did learn in therapy with Connor, not Connor Kafia Chain, the producer, Connor, my very cool therapist who oh my God, I had to break up with this week because he's graduating or finishing his his residency. he's a he's a resident, like a student. So now I have to get put with a new a new student. Um, very sad, grieving that. Okay, but Connor mentioned to me, um, has mentioned to me many, many times. Um, oh, God damn it. Did I lose my train of thought? I totally did. Um, well, trying to self-validate. Parents don't believe in you, but ultimately... Oh, right. Other people's reactions to me and to how I exist, to my existence. That is not my responsibility. It's simply, it's not even within my control, even if I wanted to. Like, 
the manipulation it doesn't always work like you you simply are not in control and so once i could once like once i started really wrestling with the idea like oh there's literally nothing i can do that can control how how my mom receives or how my dad receives a piece of art you know or like a uh, uh, uh i don't know why i said it like that but you know like a a piece of art that I make or some some version of some 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 of my self-expression. I, I can't control how they're going to receive that. And I have to let go of thinking that I'm protecting them by keeping it all to myself. But this show, I'm really not. This is not like the show is not an essay, so I don't have the opportunity to get into every nuance and every nitty gritty detail of my rejection of certain principles like of the religion and um and i i know that and it's it's not an essay like i'm not i'm not trying to um publish a manifesto that tells everyone like here's how the world should be and it should be without religion no i'm just telling you my experience uh but there's just no way that it, it, it makes me so scared. Um, I'm like scared to invite my mom to to see it. I just don't know if that I, I don't know that that's a good idea. I know that it's not like uh, an indictment of her like as a as a person, but um, it certainly doesn't make either of my parents look good. It's not just my parents like Salma's parents and they're flawed yeah like our pa parents are flawed characters um but there's i just don't see a, a world where she could come and see that and see my truth that you know doesn't paint her in the most flattering light always i don't know that she could sit through that and not take it personally and i'm not trying to hurt anyone with this show or with be with being myself you know i'm not trying to that's that's the hard thing i'm i've always been trying to communicate to my to my certainly to my mom you know, like me, me doing me is not a does is doesn't mean I don't like you <laughs> or don't respect you. That's just not what it means. Uh, I'm I'm just my own person, man. So basically, I'm just revealing to you. I'm I'm still I'm still wounded, still healing from everything, still feeling a little, still susceptible to to insecurity. Um, uh, I like to think I'm a savant. I like to think I'm an emotional. Savant, well, it's, it's not my fault. Okay, like Salma tells me I am, a, a, my friend Julie, like a lot of my friends tell me, give me really positive feedback about my, um, just the the integrity of my emotional uh, um, processing. Or, or, like I'm really, really committed to like understanding and healing and thinking about things through an emotional lens and like really learning how to emotionally regulate and being attuned to that, um, to that, that plane of existence. Okay. So I have Salma telling me like, you know, Danielle, there's emotionally intelligent and then there's you. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously now my ego is exploding out of my pores. Okay. You're going to tell me like, I'm in my own, I'm in my own league, my own echelon of emotional intelligence. Okay, I'm obsessed with myself. Um, that feels really good. But I also have to say, lonely at the top, okay? So yeah, I may be emotionally competent and very rigorous about self-reflection, um, but there's always room for growth. And also, what does that get me? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, fulfillment. Um,
so yeah, I guess I, that's where I've been at. I'm like very excited to be doing comedy with a friend, like with someone I feel so incredibly safe with, um, Salma, and and just like telling the story. She's she's someone I connect with in such an uncanny way. Um, I just I'm really freaking psyched. Um, I'm just also scared, scared of unknowns, scared of risk. <sighs> I'm also burning a candle called Garden Ho. This is uh, a nose best candle, and I really can't recommend them enough. I I have a link to it in the in the show notes. So can you just buy a fucking candle? Like just buy a freaking candle, okay? Do your girl a solid, or don't? You know, I don't know. I don't want to. Do I want to participate in like just promoting consumerist culture? Well, if it's supporting human beings who like need to earn a living, I mean, yeah. And that's what that's what knows best is. They're they're local, you know. These are real people. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it. I'm gonna cut it for now, and then I'll be back when when Tony's here. <laughs> Welcome to Female Intern. That's the show. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, today's the guest is Tony Sykowski. Hi, Tony. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. You know? Yeah, I feel I like it's know. like... What, a, what happened today? What happened today? You know, I took a good... I've been getting into afternoon naps. Okay. Which is a big thing. I feel like in the past, I was always against them. Like, why? Uh, I think it's... If we want to go deep, let's uh, get let's grow, go there. Let's growing go there. up on a farm. I feel oh. like it makes me feel lazy. OK, um, but interesting. But also it's like especially with New York, it's like last night I was out to like 2 a.m. Yeah. And then I also have trouble like sleeping in because I like don't have good like curtains in my room. I thought you were going to say like, well, because when you grow up on a farm, the sun well, that too. <laughs> but so like, yeah, there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of both where I feel yeah. like I should be up like doing stuff. When I have like a free day. Yeah. And then I was up and about and then uh, I was just kind of like, you know what? Let me just take a quick, quick nap. Oh, quick nap. What's I a like, quick nap? I go. OK, so I go nine minute or 20 minute. Interesting. For okay. naps, because I read those are like the times like okay. with your brain okay. cycle. Yeah. Um, And since I've done that, I've never had that like nap too long, felt drowsy in the afternoon. Really? So it's been That's a game changer. Huge. Wait, so nine or. 30? 9 or 20. 9 or 20. Ooh. But then what I okay. also do, like today, I did 9, and then the alarm goes off. I wake up. I go, I need a little more. Said another 9. Yeah. So you just do it in nine-minute increments. Oh. Uh, as opposed to, like, when you just, like, are like, I'm just going to nap for a while, and then yeah. you sleep for five hours. I, that's not And then you wake good. up, the sun's down, and you're like, oh, I'm What fucked. year is it? Yeah, like, what happened? is off. But how do you fall? Like, can you just fall asleep on command? Yeah. Um, if I'm tired, yes. Also, I'll treat it as like a light meditation where mm. I'll breathe in and out, count to 10, odd breaths in. Yeah. Um, or like odd numbers in, uh, even excess. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. And I, it, it dawns on me that I should explain or just give you some context. The show, I just, it's like people I want to have one on one time with who I haven't really like got to hang out with, or I just want to hang out with more. So that's what it is. It's just like a conversation. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, and that's kind of it. Sometimes I ask questions that are like really personal and people are like, no, thank you. And you're that's obviously always, you know, just yeah. you can always be like, shut up. Not not that. Um, I'm going to ask about farm stuff, probably. Um, yeah, most people do. Most people most do. Makes sense. What though. Once is you, once a you, farm? Uh, <laughs> a farm. Uh, let me get started. Oh, man. Um but yeah, so that's that's what brings us here today. I want to, but I'm curious about your relationship to meditation yep. and how you can fall asleep for a nap. My problem is I'm always like, fall asleep, fall asleep, fall asleep. And then I'm just like mad at myself for not falling asleep fast enough. Well, I also do it where I don't like, like force myself to fall asleep. Okay. It's just kind of like I lie down and I'm like, cool. Like if I just lay here with my eyes closed for nine minutes. That works too. Okay. Okay. So it's more just like that feels kind of manageable. like a reset where you're just okay. kind of like, let me take a minute. And then yeah. I'm like pretty good about just actually getting up when you say you're going to get yeah. up. Yeah. Nice. Cause it's more, man, when you have those naps that just go too long and then it's, it's like the rest of the sad. day you're on, like you're like out of it. I, I get sad. Like after oh. I'm like, so I'm like, so gloomy. <laughs> and it's like, I just got more sleep. Why am I sad? But then also, it sucks. It then you meet up with friends and then they're kind of like, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, I like nap too long. Everyone knows that feeling. But then yeah. you're also like, oh, I'm like not like here. Yeah. It's so obvious that I'm not present. I'm like, I would rather show up drunk because then at least it's like more fun. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, it's like to like to like just like sleep too long in the afternoon. It's like such a like boring reason to like be bad company. Yeah, and no, and you're right. I, I was thinking about this. I, I just went to like a weed comedy show mm -hmm. and I'm more I'm a I'm more of a weed guy myself than like an alcohol person. But yeah. for comedy, I was like, oh, I never I don't want to perform to a stoned audience. It's like so mellow. But everyone like because everyone's stoned, like they're having a great time, but the energy really is so different when you are in this like whoa am i still sleeping <laughs> like yeah. it's so different well you know i ran a show at a weed shop for two years i did not know yeah. that so wait so what what is that like so it's in the so it was at the backyard of hemp lab nyc in greenpoint okay uh and it's a great job and we started doing it during the pandemic okay. so we actually started doing it before weed was legal in new york okay um, but what we did at least for two years is when people came in since it was like we started before it was technically legal um, we were giving everyone CBD pre-rolls, okay. which I always preferred because we'd be like, every ticket comes with a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quotation marks. Mm -hmm. And then we do that because I like that where people get something for free. Sure. But then they're also not immediately stoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like because it's like because there are people who come in, they'll have their own bag and they'll mm -hmm. like roll up blunts, do that. And you're like, cool. OK, you know your tolerance. But I don't want to yeah. just give every single person a full gram. Yeah, joint, yeah. Because then they will be immediate because the joint, they're immediately stoned. Yeah. Because what I yeah. like to move, the move is, I mean, we would give CBD joints um, and then people would get mellow and they'd be a little like, oh, man. And then I'd be like, oh, well, you should go buy the edibles because the mm. edible buys you an hour. Okay. So with the edible, it's like I always say like because like normally com comedy shows like at comedy clubs, they have uh, the check spot. Yeah. Right. Which is like comics hate because that's why everyone gets their their bills and they're all tallying up how much they owe for tips. How much? So like people are doing math instead of actually paying yeah. attention and watching the oh, comic on stage. Brutal. But for our show, instead of the check spot, I called it the edible spot. Yeah. It's like the like last spot or like right before the last spot. Right before. It's it just hits. when the edibles kick in oh and immediately everyone looks like they're like terrified. Oh my they're god. They're like, huh? 
Wait. So, okay. So first of all, I insulted your entire two-year endeavor and I do apologize for oh, that. No, I, but you're right. Where? But I'm so curious. Like, I don't know. Do you, did, did you consistently notice like a very particular energy shift or like a difference between an audience like that versus like at a bar? Um, yes and no. Basically, it's like I feel like a lot of people get in their head performing to like a stoned audience. Mm -hmm. I think they kind of project onto them because yeah. it's not as like thing. I, I kind of perform to them the same way I do like really drunk audience because it's kind of like you need quick setup punch. If yeah. you have a long story, fucking do not do it mm -mm. like because they're not going to they like just they can't. can't follow. They can't. So you kind of have to be like. Hey, uh, you ever date someone with the same name as an ex? Boom. Punchline. Boom. Yeah, like, yeah. just like serve it like quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also if yeah. you open with like a couple minutes of like weed jokes, it just kind of gets them on board, especially if you sure. know it's a stoner crowd. Yeah. Because it's kind of like the only place. Like I have like a few minutes of material that only works really in weed rooms. Okay. Ooh, or like just, what? Well, I don't want you to burn it. But like. Oh, no. I mean, I, I don't even do it that much. Um, or it's more just kind of like just like a couple jokes about like smoking weed and like all that but i feel like it's more relatable where like in a normal club environment it's like maybe people there smoke weed but it's not like a universal no. thing if you're performing like a midnight show in the village yeah like those are drinkers yeah so it's just kind of like you're doing observational material about something they just like don't understand like yeah. you you can do the classic like i was smoking weed and i thought something was this but i was so high it was actually this yeah like which is a classic setup, and but it's still funny. But you're just kind of like, okay, that's universal. Sure, but just making it, it's like you, yeah, translating it kind of for a different audience. Yeah, serving it specifically. Are you are you a weed guy yourself? You know what? It's so it's been weird for me because that when I started writing that show, it was so I went three years without drinking. Okay, so I stopped drinking right before the pandemic because mm -hmm. uh, I like got out of a six year relationship a few months before that. I was drinking a lot and like kind of like I started drinking when I was young. Mm. So I was kind of like, you know what? Let me take a break. So I stopped drinking on my 30th birthday. Okay. That was like I had a final hurrah. Yeah. Um, and then I stopped drinking. And then the pandemic, hit. I was like, well, I'm not going to start drinking again. Yeah. Now. So I just smoked a ton of weed. Okay. <laughs> a lot of CBD, though. I was okay. a big proponent of CBD just for like managing anxiety yeah. and stuff like that. Um. So that was kind of like how I start met Stephanie at Hemp Lab and then start running that show because it was an outdoor backyard space. So we yeah. could do stuff during COVID. Oh, cool. And it was nice doing a weed show in an outdoor space as opposed to like indoor because it doesn't hotbox. So you can have comics yeah. on the lineup who are sober yeah. or who like have other spots. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done yeah. weed shows where it's indoors and I'm not even smoking and I get stoned. Yeah. Because you're it's in a just, tiny space a little... and it's a hundred joints yeah being smoked people are smoking in hundreds of, like yeah it's pounds of weed it's probably a it's a lot and it's just in the air and you're like okay well i'm gonna forget my set about halfway through yep and then we're gonna do a lot of uh yep. what's yep, up yep, yep. Like, do you do you perform like in altered brain states like on, on substances not anymore uh i used to when i first started i never had a problem with drinking on stage um but since then it's like i've I've realized I just like to make a point to especially reevaluate my relationship with alcohol. Like I did with like when I took a break for three years mm -hmm. is um, I'll uh, I, I like to have it as a treat afterwards where mm -hmm. it's something where I'm like, oh, I'm drinking with someone else. It's yeah. a way to relax and more of a tool for connecting with other people as opposed to just something I'm doing all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, OK, so when you say you started drinking young, 
Mm-hmm. What when? 14, 15. Like in just like friends from school. Yeah. Like we just like found liquor in the house. And I think or, the first time I got drunk was we were running a a, a corn stand in oh the summer. Man. And we were 15-year-olds running this farm stand on the side of the road. So it was more just an excuse for us to sit there and fuck around. Yeah. And then I would buy some corn, then we'd have a price. And then it was me just trying to avoid working on the farm. Yeah. So it's kind of like <laughs> if if I I told my dad, like, hey, I want to start a farm stand. He's like, oh yeah. Like if I showed initiative, but it was more me being like, oh well, if I do this, then I can just sit around and fuck off with my friends. Yeah. And then we're just like, oh, I guess Ooh. we didn't make a lot of money today. Oh man, that's smart. But then one day my parents parents were gone and we uh went in because i've always like been like i think there was always something like kind of like dangerous about drinking or something mm-hmm. like that always drew me to- towards yeah. it like that so i was kind of like oh my parents are gone you know what let's go in the liquor cabinet and then we made a uh, a uh, vodka strawberry lemonade wow because we had strawberry Delish. lemonade yeah poured into like a thermos and then we were just on the side of the road drinking just while getting... cars were driving oh, by oh man <laughs> What a, what a, that feels so like, um, cinematic. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have, have you ever watched the show Letterkenny? Yeah. That, I don't know why I'm getting like Letterkenny. I'm imagining like that. Like for sure. Yeah. When it comes to shows about like farming or like blue, like kind of like rural culture in the U.S., Canada does it better. Mm. Trailer Park Boys, Letterkenny, those are shows that like actually feel like small towns yeah. and like kind of the vibe of small towns. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, I mean, I do love Parks and Rec and it's great. And there are parts of that show that re- I really connect with. But not yet. But there's like a little edge, like Trailer Park Boys, especially. Like there's like this edge to it that's like so true. Yeah. Yeah. No, par- Parks and Rec is, feels like fairy tale land like it, it doesn't is. feel real at oh, all oh no like there is stuff that's oh i so connect but i'm just like this isn't a real world or like this does not resemble any reality it's Whereas, comfort food yeah yeah but for i mean i don't really know the i don't really know the farm life but i don't know there's something about certainly about letter candy where i was like this feels different i don't know why i believe them <laughs> like, oh yeah there's also something- did i fact check no but no, but it does it like at least in my experience, stuff like that feels much more like I'm like, oh, yeah, that feels like a small town. Yeah. And kind of the weirdness of it. You're like, yeah, this is what it's like in a small town. It's just people who've been here their entire life. They've never been checked by society at large. So it's just they only talk to the same people every day. So they just do the same weird shit mm-hmm. over and over and think it's completely normal. <laughs> yeah, this is normal stuff. Yeah, this is just normal yeah do you are you from a big family um kind of where so it's like my dad has uh my dad's one of six okay and then my mom's one of six but then my actual so my mom's side of the family is definitely bigger and then my dad's side of the family it's like of those six siblings it's like um i have like a few cousins but it's not that big like on our level yeah and then now it's like my sister's the only one with like the next generation so it's like i got two nieces okay so it's and so you have a sister uh older sister younger sibling non-binary okay damn so and and was it like a yeah, like what was the what was the role that like the farm played in your like growing up well i mean i worked on full-time till i was 23 what does that mean? Full time, um, full time, seven days a week, seven a.m., five p.m. 
when did you go to school? Um, during the school year, I'd go to school. But during the summer, it was like 50, 60 hour weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah. How, wait, starting when you were how old? Um, I mean, full time, probably like 16, 17. Okay. Um, but then before that, I was kind of working like I was still working on it, but it was a little sure fewer hours. So yeah. it's probably like a, a regular 40 hour week. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. What was... Uh, it's such a broad question. What was that like for you? But I don't, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know I, if, if you felt like, yeah, this is my shit. This is what I do. Or like, fuck this shit. Honestly, I just thought it was something you had to do. And even when I was younger, I definitely was conflicted with it. Like, um, I used to like even it is the, the thing of like, I was just like, OK, well, this is just what I have to do. And there's part of me that's like, cool, well, if I just power through this now, then when I graduate, I can just move and do whatever I want. Yeah. But now I kind of have to do this. Yeah. Also, I mean, I give like my dad credit where it's like he basically used it as a way to like give me money so I could pay to sc for school. So mm -hmm. I got paid. Yeah. And then also when I was in high school and college. I'd grow an acre of tobacco every year to pay for school. Wow. So you make like good money on tobacco. Yeah. So I was able like I mean, I went to UMass Amherst on like state tuition. So it was like cheap but i was able to graduate without debt which yeah, is huge that's huge yeah. okay congratulations thank you that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> like i don't know what that's like um whoa was the was it much of a culture shock to leave like to move off the farm like go to college was that the first time you were like living away from home yeah, but I also so I went to UMass Amherst, which is the town next to where I grew up. Okay, <laughs> but also I basically just uh, leaned into going to college. Where so UMass Amherst is twenty thousand undergrad, mm -hmm. and I lived on campus. So I basically just like lived at UMass, which mm -hmm. is a totally different world. Yeah, but it was definitely a culture shock. Like, um, even I mean, so I was in college. Like, also just l being around. Like, I lived in the hippie dorm my mm -hmm. freshman year. Uh, like deliberately. Yeah. Okay. So it's called like Van Meter. And it was also like they had um, this program where it's like kind of like you take classes with people on your floor. Okay. So there's kind of like a common connection or something. You like take yeah, electives yeah. and stuff like that. So I did an English class with people on like the floors near where I live. Okay. But it was like a 400 student dorm. Yeah. So it was like a big dorm. Yeah, that's big. Um, And then. Yeah. So it was just me kind of encountering, especially like hippies. And at the time, I was definitely a little redneck. Yeah. We're like not even like intentionally like i would still like i think just because i grew up around of like a, around a lot of like hicks blue collar guys and i definitely like had some like li like i would i considered myself like into the arts like well, yeah um because even like near i mean you're familiar with like northampton and amherst mm -hmm. like that area so it's like the five college areas. So there's a lot of like liberal schools and professors and stuff like that. But then I'd like to call like Hadley where I grew up, like a little it's like the eye of the liberal hurricane mm. where it's like just this like little like it's like friends of mine in high school had like Confederate flags and stuff yeah. like that, where it's like Shit. kind of this little pocket of that. Yeah. But then I also have family friends and stuff in like Amherst, Northampton. Yeah. Like, um, so but it was more like a little bit of a culture shock where just like getting out of the small town where i'm kind of like oh i was so used to just knowing everybody yeah and they're kind of like oh the idea of like meeting someone then like never seeing them again you're like oh yeah that's just life yeah well so in your town like what was the structure what like i don't know like institutions i don't know if it's like house of worship or school or like 
what were the contexts where you get to know, like where you know who everyone is? Like, does um, everyone go to the same church? Like, how how do no? So my family's the not mechanics very, of a small town. My parents aren't very religious. My okay. family, like both sides of the family, are like pretty. Where like mom's side of the family is Irish Catholic, dad side Polish Catholic. Okay, um, so much Catholic. Are there like wait? Can you tell me anything about like the different flavors of Catholic? I think it's just the uh, it's or more no, the cultural really differences. Religious. It's more the general cultural differences of Irish versus Polish. Okay, which is Irish are so they're both repressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah but yeah, the yeah. Polish are kind of just like uh, always a, a little like they really uh, the Polish really get off on bad news. Yeah, where it's oh like if God. you're talking to like an old Polish woman, like the thing that like just makes her so excited is just like any tragic story. I'm just like, which came first, the Polish or the Jew? Like the, they're sometimes well, the, I'm like the they're overlaps. the same, and then other times I'm like, oh no, there's there's things that are so distinct, but it's like, oh my God, it's so sad. The oh, cultures I think, are I, so sad. I think the emotions are the same. Oh. I think um, uh, Jewish people are a lot better at expressing. What upsets them? Sure. Uh, or the Polish like to, like, like to just zip it. Yeah, like if I'll, I'll suffer in silence. Where you're just like, you know what? Um, like something upsets you and you're like, I'm going to go sweep the stoop. Oh, my God. Dagger to the heart. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Wait, so are you? do you feel, I don't know, it's like the Polish part of your lineage, like, I don't know, like important in your sense of like identity or sense of self? I guess, um. It is, but it's also not where I I consider myself like Polish American because I don't speak any Polish. Also, now I live in Greenpoint where I'm surrounded by real Polish people. Yeah. So when I'm there, so when I perform, I write my last name phonetically. Okay. So Sykowski, S-Y-K-O-W-S-K-I, that's a phonetic spelling of the Americanized pronunciation right. of our last name. But in Polish, my last name's Tchaikovsky. So I've learned in Greenpoint, if I'm like calling places or I need something, I find a you place with a Polish... Point name and then i throw out a hard code switch and mm -hmm. i say Tchaikovsky. yeah and they're like right away sir yeah but sometimes but sometimes they get mad at me because then i do that and like i was at the doctor and i do that and the nurse starts speaking polish to me i was like oh no i don't speak polish and she was like oh <laughs> <laughs> oh now i'm really disappointed <laughs> oh man and then, yeah. was, and then she started asking all these questions like I think because they're required now to ask you about your emotional health when yeah. you go in for a physical. Yeah. But it was her being like, and look, I don't want to ask these questions, but I have to. Are you feeling <laughs> depressed? Are you said? And, and I was like, are I was you like, feeling depressed? I'm like, you're allowed to ask. Them. These are good questions. But it's her kind of being like, this is none of my business. Yeah. This is yeah, none yeah. of my business. You shouldn't be telling me this. Oh, my God. Yes, I should, ma'am. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And Irish. Yeah, what about your Irish? Irish, side? I would say they're still repressed, but they're a lot more fun with the small talk. <laughs> they just seem so it's fun. great stories, a lot of like fun, witty banter. But as soon as you ask something real, they're like, nope, not into it. Can't do that. No, no, no. Oh man, have you ever been to Ireland or Poland? No, but I want to go. Um, definitely. I mean, you know what? I think I also. I don't know if it's because I'm Polish, but it's like I love true crime. And I am upset. Like when I was younger, I was obsessed with World War II. I used to just <laughs> sit down in front of the TV and watch History Channel documentaries about it. Uh -huh. Like I was also surrounded by I all these war that. vets. So okay. like, I, like I, I mean, it's not historically accurate for the war, but I dug a trench in our backyard oh for me God. to play in. It was a legit like it was probably like. Uh, four feet by eight feet, probably oh four feet God. deep. And like I, you dug it. I dug it. And I got a little shovel from the Army and Navy store, oh the ones God. that you fold up, like <gasps> regulation. Wow. And I shoveled it with that. And then I got in trouble, though, because I wanted to build. Uh, I 
I wanted to build a connecting trench and have a tunnel. And uh, I got in trouble for trying to tunnel. Who got you in trouble? Everyone, because the the ground was going to collapse and kill oh me. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to go for a full tunnel. It was not structurally it sound. It was not structurally sound. I was like, I'm oh working on it. Okay, God. I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring out tunnel. I'm inventing tunnels. Yeah, I uh, want to be able to tunnel between genius. the two because we need we need we have to that avoid kind. aerial attack. <laughs> That's so funny, Tony. Oh, my, wait, how old were you? Oh, that was like eight. Oh, my God. That's so amazing. Yeah. That's so intense. <laughs> yeah, oh, was, my God. <laughs> trench war. That's so funny. But then also it's like I was watching World War II documentaries and like they were they would use trenches, but it wasn't like I was like combining. I'm yeah, saying yeah, all yeah. the information I all wanted. All the world wars. It was yeah. just all the world wars doing okay, that. So like I love the trench. I love the trench warfare element. And I also love the fascist. Oh, uh, I'm just going to take what I like. <laughs> the, the Nazis are you the You can't beat them. They're the ultimate villains, yeah. certainly in Western culture. Mm -hmm. And um, can I tell you, like, I think I have, to, I have such a weird, like, Holocaust education or, like, over-education. I don't want to say over-education, but, like, sometimes it felt like the messaging around, like, all of our Holocaust awareness was less, less, like, genocide bad and more like the nazis the best villains ever like they're the best at being the worst like it was almost this like fetishization of how how evil nazis are as opposed to like okay but what they were doing was genocide and we're not the only ones who've experienced genocide so can we like extrapolate from that no oh okay um so odd like I feel like Jew, like some people have like pride in like how bad our villains. Were. Oh well, it's because you want to have a, a kind of an answer as to what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is kind of you're like you're like they're the worst. Yeah, so they're that's how terrible. it has to make sense. Yeah, and because it, it, I mean, when you're caught in a situation like that, or you're dealing with bad people, a lot of times it's them exploiting issues in society and that's how they're able to make that happen. Yeah. So it's not like it's like that person's obviously evil. Hitler's obviously evil. Well, so terrible. No. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, okay. but um, with that, it's like, but also he exploited kind of like uh, human nature. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is just common and has been done before. It's just like that was the first time it really came to the forefront or people realize you could kind of brain brainwash or exploit. An entire population for I, your own personal gain. I feel like, okay, yes, like props to Hitler for sort of the marriage of hatred and efficiency, but I I don't know. I just I feel like there's enough movies and we need oh. to stop. Yeah, well, Not, you know, how of course never forget, but it's just like I there's other bad guys. I don't know. Yeah, there are, but that's also one that like um, everyone knows. That's true, and it's very easy. We've all agreed; everyone's universally against. Yeah, yeah. So it's like with that, it's like a good shorthand. It's like a good shorthand, and you can kind of do it. And there's not I'm trying to think of like another villain that might be like a little more conflict because even like Russia, it's like you can't really like Soviet Union. Like they were trying to do a lot of that propaganda stuff like that but like gorbachev like if gorbachev's the villain it's kind of like okay who, who cares yeah. like i guess the kgb like people like try to do that but then also yeah. you're kind of like it's more of this mysterious power you don't have like one figure yeah who is evil like yeah did it, question did you study history are you a history no uh history english guy? major oh. I, I mean i i love reading about history and stuff yeah. like that so 
when you okay i'm interested in did your siblings also like go to liberal arts college um older sister uh studied uh it was sociology okay yeah sociology younger sibling um psychology uh is now a guidance counselor like in the Boston public schools. Yeah. Whoa. So then also older sister uh, now works in produce distributions in the process of like taking over the family farm. Whoa. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so how long has the farm been in your family? So three. So my dad's third generation. So like oh, wow. fourth. Yeah. Whoa. Is that. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't relate. Like I don't have anything that's been that that's been going like that long in my family history. I don't know. What's that like? Well, I mean, it's definitely something that like, even as I grow older, it's like, I'm more, I think it's the complicated relationship of me realizing at a young age, I didn't want to farm, Mm. but that doesn't mean I don't want it in my family. How old were you when you? Oh, I probably knew when I was like, probably like 12, like probably like pretty young. How did you like, do you remember that realization? No, I just kind of knew I didn't want to do it. And I always was like kind of like a little more creatively like creative, but also like there were, I don't know if it's like, because I also went to a small school and I kind of wish like I'd gone to a school where there was actually like arts programs. Yeah. How, we, how small? Uh, my graduating class was 43. Okay. So it's like very small. And I knew everybody basically from like uh, kindergarten through yeah. graduating. Damn. So it's like there were a few rotations but like it was overall like yep you've seen me at every single stage of puberty oh my god special (laughs) so it was also just like a little bit the um like i just like didn't date in high school because also it's like i was like i'm like uh uh i was like socially awkward um and like how like what do you mean um i don't know it's like i was a late talker so i didn't talk till i was four okay um, and then I also had like a speech impediment when I was younger. So I had to go like speech therapy. Um, so then that, and I also have like ADHD, whatever, everyone has it now, but like, yeah, that, and <laughs> get in line and, uh, like severe anxiety. So it's like, I mean, it's crazy where like, I just started taking Lexapro like two months ago. Oh my God. And it's been me being like, wait, there was an answer. To this. Oh my God. Wait, <laughs> what has that experience been like? It's been good so far. Whoa. Um, where, I mean, are you on anything? I am. I'm on a little mixture of what are they called? The, I I get the, I have the generics. They're called fluoxetine and bupropion. I think it's Wellbutrin and Zoloft. Cool. Or Prozac? Oh, it's I like the generic know. version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's, you've heard of them. Yeah. Whatever. They're mainstream. They're not indie <laughs> antidepressants. Um, I know when I started, when I like started talking to a psychiatrist, I, I was kind of like, I really wanted to get on Wellbutrin because yeah. it sounds like it, it's more... When you're trying to find an antidepressant, you want the one with the best side effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm and kind you're like, like, oh, that one doesn't like, make your penis stop working yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. I was Give like, I was one. like, ooh, they, it makes you horny. It treats ADHD. Yeah. And uh, and you lose weight. Give me, give me. Yeah, that's what my brain needs. When did you start? When did you start talking to a psychiatrist? So that was, I mean, I started going to therapy last year for the first time. So last October. So. Um, it was like just being in there because it's not that I've like, I'm not against antidepressants, obviously, now that I'm taking it. 
Um, but I always kind of thought like, I really hate big pharma. Yeah. You Just don't want to be reliant on that shit. for the rest yeah. of your life. It's like, I like my, that's dr- the answer. I, like I my, pay the Sacklers. I like, yeah. I like my drug dealers to also be, uh, making a mixtape. Exactly. That's kind of what I, I want. want. Them, you want a small drug dealer, a small a business small, drug dealer. Just a businessman where I'm Not, like, none of this big pharma. Bullshit. You know, that, yeah. So, <laughs> just a mom and pop. I'm funding a dream. That's <laughs> what I like. Okay. I'm like, yeah, we're going to yeah. fucking smoke some weed. Let oh me hear these God. new beats. They so have let's to go. be an artist. Yeah. Be an artist. My drug dealer needs to be an artist. <laughs> yeah. That's I, I'm because then I'm I'm. I'm a fan. Yeah, exactly. It's just like there's just so much. I'm not depressed. And then I'm everyone just, wins. I'm just a patron of the arts. You're not exploiting. Yes. Yeah. Oh my exactly. god. Um. And yeah, big pharma's just so evil. Yeah. Um, but then I hit a point where I mean, it was even like over the pandemic. It was also the pandemic. But uh, it was like I went yeah, through a breakup, <laughs> stopped drinking. Even during the pandemic, it's like I was collecting. I didn't work for a year and a half. I was just collecting unemployment. That's and cool. Like, and every day I would just, uh, it's like I would just go to the park, work out, and then do pandemic mics and shows. Yeah. Um, but even with all of that, like not drinking, meditating, working out, um, I still had like bad anxiety. Yeah. So then it was kind of me being like, okay, well, let me see if like therapy helps. Uh, and then I got into therapy and I was like, well, this is like nice for talking, but it doesn't fix anything. Yeah. It just kind of like makes you a little more aware of what's going on mm-hmm. and then kind of puts it in perspective. Mm-hmm. But you still like it's like having like the random spirals of anxiety throughout yeah. the day where you're like, why am I getting fucking set yeah. off at nothing? Yeah. There's I'm, like this awareness, but then you got to like then there's the step of like, OK, but then how do I integrate the awareness into like change, like changing the course of the spiral? Is that even possible? Sometimes it's not f- like without the space between you and that that like drugs can provide. Yeah. And they don't have to do that forever. But like to give you a a head start of like practicing that. I don't know. Yeah. So I think there is kind of the giving up where it's like also it's nice to have that feeling of like self-reliance where like I was like if I can just fix it myself let's yeah. do that yeah um like even like me putting off therapy like for so long was me mm-hmm. kind of being like well I think if I read a book yeah about this yeah I'll be able to just deal with it they're like nah you kind of need you gotta talk it out talk it out um so doing that and then so far it's been good I mean like I j- it just kind of kicked in like because it was a few weeks of like side effects where it's like Feeling really yeah. anxious, tired, dick didn't work for two weeks. Mm-hmm. It was just out. Damn. But also, I tell people, I was like, it was kind of nice. Yeah, dude, you're like on having, vacation. I was like, I was like, dude, I've never, I didn't know the cure for depression was being asexual. <laughs> but like now it, it's, it's, I was like, I haven't had better conversations with my friends than those two weeks. <laughs> I love Where like that. we'd be at a bar and like a, a hot bartender would come over. I'm like, do you mind? He's talking about his feelings. Thank you very much. You know? Oh my so God. So it's like, even now, it's like there's part of me that kind of wishes, um, that's that, like you that, see like the kind of clarity you can live with when yeah, that's not. Or like, even because with it, it's like stage. we have we have Viagra. Um, but like there is part of me that I'm like, I'm like, if we could have something that's the opposite of Viagra, <laughs> yeah. like you could just pop a pill where you're just kind of like, you're like, okay, I gotta go to a funeral today, guys. Yeah. Pop like Stay take that. Stay down. You I don't want any, me? Yeah, I don't want any <laughs> awkward hugs with the hot widow, no, you know? No, Let's no. not do that. <laughs> you know? It's oh like, oh, yeah, God. grief, unfortunately, does make oh your body experience grief weird is things. Horny. It's I, pretty horny. No one's talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, oh, so even that, because even now it's like, I don't know. So it's like, 
Yeah, because even now for guys, it's just like we always talk about how you just have to like jerk off to deal with it. Yeah. But then you're also like, then you're kind of like, okay, well, I better go jerk off. Like, why? <laughs> Gotta see the parents later. <laughs> you're like, that's a weird, weird reason. You to, never know. You <laughs> never weird know. Weird reason to come. <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but I better just like nip it in the bud. That's a weird it. reason to come. Oh, I'm going to see my mom. I don't need to go jerk off. Oh, God. I have to talk to my ex about oh, something. I have to go pick up some clothes for my ex. Oh, uh, my I better. God. Uh, just not just make any mistakes. Get this over with now. Oh not my freak god. Out. Uh yeah. The dick not working for two weeks. What a revelation that must have been. It was, but then at that, I like I I compared to like a vacation. It was a nice vacation. And but then like, like any vacation right. at the end, you're kind of like, well, let's get back to let's it. Let's get back. Time, time to get back to <laughs> regular schedule programming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But that I didn't realize like such a I don't know it's a it's a like milestone of like a personal change to decide to like try this new like modality of trying yeah. to like be okay I also think I'm um I mean it's definitely something from therapy I love saying I was in therapy because I just started going to therapy <laughs> so I feel like I have to start every thought yeah, with yeah, well, yeah. since I started going to therapy yeah uh, but uh it is um now that you're enlightened. I mean, I think even growing up, I was kind of under the impression that like once you just figure out something that works, you just do that forever. Because mm. it's even like especially small town life is you're just kind of like you get a job with good benefits that mm -hmm. pays mm -hmm. and then you just do that mm -hmm. and then you're set. Yeah. Why mess with something that's like a good yeah, solution? That works. Like if it works, what don't like if it's yeah, not yeah, broken, yeah. like no need to fix it. Yeah. Um. So even now, it's like just the idea of like you changing over time, like just like, yeah, you, as you get older, you your body changes, you change what you need changes, mm -hmm. like the types of relationships you want, like things you're looking for in relationships are different. Yeah. Sometimes you're kind of like go through a wave where you're like, oh, I just like can't don't want a relationship at all. Just hookups, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you're also sometimes you're like, oh, I like would like to be in a relationship. Yeah. And then you try that and they're like, oh, let's get back Actually, to the hookups. Actually, no, <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> Actually, this is garbage. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Um, I, did you. I don't know. Is there like a was there a moment or like season in your in growing up where you discovered or just contemplated like, oh, I don't. I don't think I want to like, I don't want small town or do you? And maybe like, or do, maybe I'm projecting because you didn't want farm. That means you don't want small town, but. No, I think I definitely didn't want to farm and I definitely was drawn. I didn't know what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like for a while I was uh, just the, the uh, daydream or like just kind of being like, I also didn't realize like the way you can get out of a small town. It's just like become an accountant or something if mm -hmm. you wanted to like there are so many actual practical careers yeah. you could do just to <laughs> yeah. actually get out mm -hmm. but in my mind i was kind of like oh well i better be good at sports yeah uh uh music or uh, yeah and then even for a while i became really obsessed with so i also all the cult i think it's because like farming's not that common anymore yeah but it used to be very common so all the good stories about people leaving farms to do bigger and better things are from like the early 1900s, yeah. like early to mid 1900s. So all the stories I've related to were like blues musicians, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like uh, hustlers, mm -hmm. like that, um, or like people like pool sharks, uh, poker players. Like, so I'm not as good now, but for a while I could just run a rack. Like I could just like I was just like good at 
pool because we also like got a pool table in our basement. Whoa. So I just go down there and just like play for hours. Whoa. So part of me was convinced. I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll just go hustle pool oh my in my God. future. And then I was kind of like, oh, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not the 40s. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not how <laughs> life works anymore. Like, and there are still pool holes and stuff, but it's like not yeah. that. Yeah. We're. Oh, that's so interesting. Do you, do you play pool anymore? A little bit, like out at bars and stuff. Sure. So I'm still like, I'm better than, I'm better like, better than most. Better than people playing at uh, a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, But if I like went to a pool hall, I'd get rocked. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I wonder if Mike's picking that up. Um, There's some stuff going on outside. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, the, the transition from like an, a, did you feel like um like insulated or like sheltered like where where you grew up? Yeah. Like, did you feel like you had like gets? I don't know if it was at college or after college where like something kind of was like a a smack in the face. Like, whoa, things are bigger. Oh yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, this isn't like fun. Like, so it's even. I didn't. There was a lot of stuff growing up that was very anti-Semitic that mm. I didn't realize that till like college until like really recently we're like yeah until this <laughs> until conversation last week i was okay. like wait the holocaust wait no. what is that <laughs> no but it was even just stuff like that where um just like kind of small town stuff and like just like casual anti-semitic phrases and stuff like that yeah that then i went to college and like i probably said them and yeah, I was yeah, just, yeah. and people were like how else what? do you learn and then i was like oh never mind uh oh, is that bad whoops okay don't say that again <laughs> Um, I don't know why, but that's bad. Okay. Yeah. So you're not supposed to Jew someone down. Okay. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Where yeah. it's like, and I wasn't like, I never said it that much, but even like I would, when I was in, so also part one of, of my, me, like, one of my best friends in college, like said something like very explicitly like that. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, does she not know? Like she must not know. Cause otherwise she wouldn't have said that. Whoa. Like it was, it was why it was a, it was a funny moment. Yeah. It's like, wow. Good people say slurs sometimes too. Also, is saying Jew a slur? Like, no, but you know, it's the time. But it's like so the way you, it's the <laughs> yeah. way you say it. It's how it's you the said way it. You say actually. It. Um, yeah. When, yeah, you, people are kind of like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, let's oh, not do man. that. Um, so even that was just kind of like just slowly learning stuff like that. And yeah. even just, I'm trying to think if there's like, it's also been so long where, I mean, I would say the real culture shock. So college, there definitely was a little bit, but I was also kind of like going to school in the area I grew up in. Yeah. So, and it, it was like, too far, I also like went to high school. I played baseball also in the like town next in Amherst. So the town next where I grew up. And so I was kind of like, I would say my friends there, they weren't like hardcore bros, but they're more bro. -y. Yeah. So even like, I was kind of like uh, familiar with like bro culture. Sure. And that's a lot of UMass Amherst's Boston bros. Yeah. 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 So I can like hang with that. Yeah. That's just like, oh, yeah, let's get fucked up. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. you gonna play. Oh, also, did you ever play when you went to college? Did you call it? Did you play beer pong? I'm familiar with it, but I can't oh, really say Oh, okay. That never mind. Because I always ask people, because uh, at UMass, they call it root for Beirut. We call it beer pong Beirut. Oh my God. Uh, but then I learned that's because of the bombings in Beirut. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, I, is that because of the bombs? But that was like, that was like three years in. So I was like, yeah, you know why we call it that? And we're like, no. No. Why? We, and they were like, said that. Oh and my you're God. like, okay, well, I guess we'll, who wants to play beer pong? I guess uh, we'll play but beer I pong. But I love calling it beer pong. 
Wait, what is it? Beirut pong? Beirut or beer? They call it, like people would just shorthand call it root. Root. Oh, that's cool. That sounds cool. Oh, you want to play root? That's Good. so cool. Yeah. And then you learn the origins. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. And you're like, that's, yeah, cool. that's not great. Okay. It's not, not, not our best. Not our best. Not our best. Um, wait, so, but, so, so where was the, you were saying like that there oh, was a real shot? Uh, so, I mean, I started doing improv when I was in college. Um, and then a lot of people, uh, from our were college. Were you doing like theater or anything like that in high school? No. So, I mean, our high school. Was there uh, a theater? There was a theater program my older sister started. Ooh. So it's like. That was her she, thing. Yeah. Or so, cause she, yeah. So she started it and then I was a stage manager on one of the shows. I also had like crippling stage okay. fright at the beginning. Um, I would say. Yeah, so for that, it's like I was able to I always thought I was going to be like a writer when I was in like high school because mm. the idea of performing was terrifying to me. Yeah. Um. So I did that. That's then I went to college. I started writing. But then it was like we saw an uh, audition for like the improv troupe. Then me and my friend Seth Haypenny, who we were like smoking weed. I saw he had the like poster up in his room. Mm. Like when the auditions were, it's like, hey, are you going to do that? He was like, yeah, I was thinking about it. I was like, I was thinking about it. He's like, well, let's go. And I remember even on the way over, because we were both kind of like grew up like just like stoners. Yeah. But grew up a little more like blue collar. He's from like uh, Cape Cod, like working class. Yeah. Um, and is us over. We're just like not really knowing any theater kids. We're like, OK, this is just a bunch of fucking theater nerds. We're walking out. <laughs> not worth it. And then we showed up and it was like just the audition was hilarious. Everyone in it was so funny. We were dying laughing. Oh, Looking back, it's terrible improv. But at the time, we're kind of like, these people are fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. So then we auditioned and like we both got on. And Hell that became yeah. like a huge part of my, uh, okay. my college experience. I mean, I lived in the improv party house oh, in college, God. which is an embarrassing sentence. That's a really funny sentence yeah <laughs> that's amazing i compare it's like a nerdy frat house i didn't know that your origins were an improv yeah big respect i'm a big i'm a big i respect improv so, I mean, and i know I did, it's like the butt of so many jokes but i'm just like but <laughs> when it's good it's literally nothing's better oh yeah it's just a form of theater Ugh. where uh yeah because i did improv and sketch in chicago five years before i moved here and started doing stand-up yeah well, okay. The journey from improv sketch, the journey to stand up. Would you say that that's where your focus is now as a yeah. performer? Yeah. Oh, I, but I also want to know like how you, wait, so you, if you had crippling stage fright, so, but so how did you manage the audition? Um, I just got up and I was just kind of like, Ugh! and then okay. it was like, luckily I said enough funny things okay. um, that made them laugh. And they were oh. kind of like, okay, you're good. Like, let's do it. You're just kind of on the spot. And you just kind of start saying stuff and yeah. also they like would help you out so it's like with the audition there was like theater game stuff part of it which i like fucking hated it's like zip zap stuff, oh, all that okay. but i also get why it's important for mm -hmm. improv it just teaches you the basic tools so you can then get good enough where you go we don't need to fucking do that yeah, yeah but like yeah. for entry level it's just kind of yeah, like let's look, all get on the same page it's like shooting layups for basketball where you're kind of like yeah. oh okay it's eye contact yeah. zip zips up that's we're just remember you gotta, you gotta like gotta actually practice, look at the people you around gotta you. practice like being responsive yeah and paying so, attention. So you have to do that. And then, yeah. So, and with improv, it's kind of like during the audition, they would like kind of like help you out where mm. it's kind of like try and like keep the scene going. So even if you were kind of flailing, they're kind of like, oh, but are you making us laugh? Whatever. Yeah. Um. So then did that in college. And then uh, there were a lot of people from our college troupe that had moved to Chicago and were doing stuff at the Annoyance Theater out there, mm -hmm. which is a, an amazing theater. I love that place so much. Um, 
So I was like, oh, when I graduate, I could go to Chicago and kind of have an in mm -hmm. at a theater. Also, it was like, I never even really considered New York, even though I liked Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah. Um, because everything in Chicago is half the price in New York. Yeah. And I was like, I'm bad at comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I got to go learn somewhere. Where Let it's me not go like go to a place where I can be broke and drink a ton. Yeah. Like there was a bar Goldie's in Chicago where it's dollar PBRs. Oh, my God. Like when I first moved out there. So I just we just go out, get drunk. And then it's also Chicago. So everyone's just like 40 pounds heavier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, and then, yeah, met some like some of my best friends out there was performing around there for a while. And then um did stuff at all the improv theaters there uh worked for second city on a cruise ship for four months whoa yeah what was that like um it's you live on a strip mall in the sea yeah for four months so it docked out of hell's kitchen so it's okay. all people from long island new jersey oh my god yeah so it's like it's basically like so i was also on at end of 2017 okay so it was okay. like i was on the ship when me too happened Whoa. And you also don't get internet access on the ship. Whoa. So it's like, or you have to like pay by the minute. So you basically sure. like don't have internet access. You're, it's like dial up speed. You yeah. have everything on a hard drive. So we would like find out who got me too'd based on like audience suggestions. Oh my God. Where you're like asking for a celebrity. I'm like, who the fuck says Charlie Rose? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? He's this guy who is now a perv. I'm like, I know he did interviews, but you're wearing a fucking MAGA hat, yeah. dude. How do you oh know Oh my God, name? that's so funny. Whoa. Wait, so was, was it four consecutive months? Yeah, so we would dock in Hell's Kitchen. So we were, like, it was, first half of the trip was Bermuda. Okay. And then second half was Cape Canaveral, Bahamas. Okay. Um, so we would, uh, um, every week it would turn over, seven-day cruise. And then we would, it would be two days at sea. And then we would be in Bermuda for two and a half days. And then come back. Um, and then we'd have, like, five hours in Hell's Kitchen every Sunday. Whoa. And then the second half of the trip was, like, the same thing, but with Bahamas. Whoa. So, yeah, you lived on it for four months. Wow. And it just becomes Groundhog's Day with white people. Oh, my God. I mean, I guess that's the movie, the Groundhog's that Day. That is Groundhog's but, Day. <laughs> but it's with um, white people from Long Island, New Jersey, where it's just every week it's a new. You've been on the cruise for three months. Oh, my God. You've done the same shows over and over and over. But every week there's a new batch of people going like, oh, my God, vacation. Yeah. And you're like, you have no idea. You have no idea. What, is there any part of you that would do that that is interested in trying like doing that again? Or was um, it like a it was like, great at that time or not great? I don't know. What was it like? You know what? If it was a shorter contract, if you could do three to four weeks, perfect. Um, because they also pay well. Yeah. So that's like a good part of it. And if you could my acts and not like I'm like not dirty, but I'm not clean. Yeah. Where if because like if I could get more clean material. And like work doing stand up on it, and then just like ideally try doing the winter months. Yeah, like, I'm just gonna be on a cruise ship in yeah, yeah, the yeah. tropics mm -hmm. for December. That'd that be sounds nice. amazing. Um, that would be cool. Um, it's just like a good payday if you can do it. It's a lot of crowd work where you just do just the hack because a lot of the performers who perform on cruise ships just do street jokes. Interesting. So they just go on and they're like, oh. So my mother-in-law, oh you're my like, God. Jesus Christ, that's oh still a thing. But it's more people like the trope of like, it's the classic, oh, yeah. this annoying woman yeah. joke. 
Same with like uh, that's yeah, so much comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's so um, it's just people easily identifying with it. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of street jokes. So a lot of people will go up there and they don't have any original material, wow. and then you just make fun of the audience for um, just like existing, and you just do hacky jokes. Wow, I could get used to that. I mean, that it's part of my like. I joke about how that's my plan for if I ever get divorced. Oh my god, <laughs> where I'm just like, if I'm like a sad fifty year old alcoholic, I just <laughs> shave to a mustache, oh uh, get god. a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, go by Tony Syke. Oh my god! Uh, and then, and then I'm just on the cruise ship, being like, "Hey, like, <laughs> yeah, look at, look at, hey, so my mother-in-law." Uh. And then you start crying because you don't have a mother-in-law anymore. I know. Yeah. Oh my god! So my mother-in-law. So I mean, uh, but, this bitch I used to know. Yeah. Oh my god! And then you just live on the ship because room and board, like food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. My a, a really good friend of mine um, was a, like a, a dancer on a cruise ship. Yeah. But she didn't. It wasn't the same kind of setup. It was it was a much shorter contract. But um, yeah, still, like they paid really well. That's well, they know they have to yeah. because that's how people do it. Is yeah. It's a lot of artists who fucking like they're broke. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I'll go on for four months. I don't have to pay rent. I can save a little money. That'll mm -hmm. get me four months when I'm back on land. Yeah. But then oh, you also get into the cycle where it's like, because I I know there was someone in our cast who like been doing it for like ten years. Wow. He goes four months on, four months off, four months on, four months off. Whoa. Um. And but what that does is like when you get off, in theory, you're like, oh, that means I won't have to work for four months, and I can just audition for stuff. But it takes four months to remind people that you're back. Exactly. I was gonna say like you're not you you're not rooted somewhere long enough. No. So what brought you to New York? Um, that and I was with my ex at the time. Okay. Uh, she's from Long Island. Okay. Um, so it was kind of feeling like I was plateauing in Chicago where there's like only so many opportunities. I knew I was starting to get more into stand up end of my time there. Mm -hmm. Um, or even just kind of like, it's like, I like improvising with friends, but the whole, I'm not sure how familiar you are with like the way that improv theaters work, but they're not little really. Ponzi scheme cults. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is just, ugh, the cult energy is undeniable. Yeah. Um, and that was a major part of like Del Close, who was like the, yeah, like, like a huge figure in improv comedy. Yeah. His whole thing was an obsession with like Scientology and cult mentality and group thing. I mean, they literally say group think. Like yeah. in training, being like, oh, we need the whole group to be on the same page. You're like, oh, that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, predatory. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're making people pay for classes so they can then move up levels and oh then get God. to a performance place. But then you don't pay them once they're on a house team. Okay, Scientology. Yeah. Like, that's like Shit. literally what it is. Oh, my God. Improv is Scientology. So <gasps> it is. And I think that's it, it definitely had its phase for a little while. But I think now we're kind of like post. I mean, especially me too. broke improv theaters. Like basically most improv theaters had to like close or fire significant members. I did not know that. Dude, when I first started doing classes at IO, it mm -hmm. was like just even as like a straight dude. I'm like, this is fucked up. Whoa, like, what was going on? It's just like 30, 30 year old teachers, fucking 21 year old students, Ugh. like and hooking up with multiple students in the same class. Like yeah. I had at least one teacher who like had to stop teaching Ooh. at the theater because they were doing that. Oh and even God. like hanging out at shows. Then afterwards, it's like just like dudes in their 40s and 50s, like hitting on girls in their early 20s. And you're standing in the circle and you're like, oh, you don't even like care that this is. 
Like it was just so obvious wow. and so accepted Which as like such like so the norm. And then you look at the teams and it's basically you could just be like a lot of the female members or like even on like bigger teams at the theaters and stuff. You just go through and you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, she's dating him. Mm. They're dating them. Oh, they they're having they're hooking up with so and so. Like it was very much a culture of kind of like like. Yeah, and I think there was a story of like at least one guy at IO who like I think he literally said to someone like, "Oh, like if you blow me, you'll make a team." Like Damn. just stuff like that and you're like, "Whoa." You're just saying it? <laughs> yeah, you're you, you, Come on, dude. That's insane. Can you be a little more poetic? So, I think there was definitely a reckoning um with stuff like that or just people being more aware of it now. Yeah. Cuz it's and it's like especially when you look back, it's like you're like in your early 20s and you like are obsessed with this idea of like being an artist. Like before you realize you're like, oh, yeah, that 35 year old dude having a mattress on his floor, teaching improv classes and having a temp job during the day. Like he's not like he only this is the only place where he has any semblance of power. Yeah. So it's like it's this weird tragic. Yeah, it's very tragic. Yeah. Um, There's a great. uh Oh, my God. Twitter account. I think it's called Improv Guru. <laughs> And it's just this guy who basically just tweets like just like uh, satirically yeah. about like being like this, like uh, just an improv god. fucking obsessed, like improv God. Oh my god. I don't know if he still does it, but it's I gotta if you've it ever taken an improv class or been involved with the theater. Indeed. It's I took so I took I was like on my way, making my way through UCB when the pandemic hit. Um, I, I, I love improv, but I don't love it. And en- I haven't loved it enough to like go back and try, you know, go back. Oh, but- yeah. But what what was the why did you start? Why did you try stand up? Um, I started doing storytelling, uh. <laughs> um, started doing that. And then I realized the parts of the story I like telling the most are the funny. When I got yeah. laughs. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, well, that's what I want to do. And I started going more into like stand up um, from that. But it definitely took a little while. Like, here, like especially with stamp, there is something at least for me, like when I was doing like improv and sketch, I'd write a lot of like very absurd characters, mm. like things that were like weren't grounded in reality mm-hmm. um, or like even like a couple like weird things that I'm like, oh, that's like performance art. That's like yeah. just like absurd nonsense, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it like makes me laugh like yeah. that repetition in the annoyance mm-hmm, theater mm-hmm. does a lot of that stuff, which is great. Um, and then even with doing stand up, like you slowly but surely like there are some people who can get away with having absurd act, but like you have to. Like it was me realizing like, oh, when you're on stage, like an audience kind of tells you when you're being honest or not. Mm -hmm. Like, so it has been like a slow progression of me, like kind of like just stylistically moving more towards like finding a way to be like, oh, how do you have punchlines and say stuff you actually believe (laughs) and also be comfortable saying stuff that's like not like or like being just like comfortable being like, yeah, this was me, like a thought I have. And it's like not like the right thing to think. But here's why it's funny. Here, yeah. And here's yeah, yeah, my justification. Yeah. And you'll laugh even if you're kind of like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. So it's it's been a great way of kind of me like finding out like what do I actually believe? That's awesome. That's an uh I feel like there's so much um there's so much like in so much integrity in that. Not in a like uh, pure comedy like no like like just like self-knowledge like self-discovery yeah i mean if you're gonna do it every night and like yeah. fucking a bar show for four people at 10 p.m on tuesday 
it's like it's i might as well at least every, be I who the fuck i am every <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's just like that thing uh yeah, I didn't mean to pick the exact time. No, of no, the no. Show he did. <laughs> said, but like, but that's that's exactly. But I love it. Like, I love that. I'm. Yeah. I'm like, it's ten. It's a weeknight. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I gotta. And like, I'm it's, talking to I'm figuring four, it out. Four people from Denmark who barely speak English. <laughs> I'm going. Do you steal from Whole Foods? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh my God, Denmark! Oh, have you done much traveling outside the U.S.? Um, no. Um, I've done a little bit. I've been to uh, uh, London, Paris. Uh, I went Ooh. to Edinburgh for the Fringe Festival when I was in college. Hell which yeah! Which was cool. I didn't perform in it. I was just uh, it's a two week study abroad. Ooh. Um, and even for that, I was an idiot, and I did. So we had to write papers where, like, mm. we saw papers as a like shows as a class that we had everyone had to write, and then you had to focus. Yeah. And I was doing like college improv, so it's like, oh, I'll do my focus on improv. All the best improvs in the U.S. Yeah. International improv is garbage. Is it really? It's Why? Horrible. I think it's the same with um stand up. Where uh, like there are like so, good performers abroad, but like, like what's the what's yeah? Wrong? It wasn't rapey enough for me. That's kind of <laughs> I, I was watching. I was like, was something's like, missing. What's I was missing? like? I don't believe that you're trying assault, to fuck her. The assault. Yeah, where's yeah. where's the authenticity? Where's the exploitation? Oh That's where God. America gets it right. That's, we know how to exploit. We young really people do. For profit. That's literally our. We're the best at that. Yeah, we're the best at exploiting. Um. But yeah, wait, why is it? Why is international improv? Um, I think it just hasn't caught up because it started in the U.S. So it, it's definitely a U.S. art form. Okay. Um, same with like, I mean, even stand up. It's like, like England has some like good stand ups. Um, but in general, it's kind of like people sit, like now with YouTube, the like international community's grown a lot because people can actually watch video of good stand up. Yeah. Um, but it's like they're both like US art forms. Yeah. Where it's probably like the same with like blues music. Like yeah. it's like a US art form where it just hasn't caught up internationally. Yeah. And also it's like I haven't spent a lot of time abroad. It's like a lot of international th places were doing like hacky short form. Sure. Like bad who's lying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch Who's Line growing I up? I love Who's Line. Fucking love that it's show. It's so good. So much. I also like short form improv. That's why I was doing when I was on a cruise ship. Yeah. So we would do short form improv, then sketch comedy from like yeah. Second State Archive. So like sketches like Amy uh, uh, or uh, uh, Tina Fey and yeah. people like that wrote when they were at Second City. Damn. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But Edinburgh. Yeah, I went, I went to the Fringe Festival after I... Um, Took the bar exam. Oh, cool. I was like, people usually take like a big long trip after the after they take the bar. And not everyone, but um, I just went for a few days to the Fringe Festival. What year? Um, 2019. August 2019. Nice. Right before right, right before, before the world shut down. Yeah. And I'm going I'm going back this summer. Oh, nice. Are you doing yeah, a solo I, show? I'm doing a show with another comedian. Um, nice. we're doing Split like a duo. It's we're like integrating our stand-up. Like we're that's telling cool our own and each other's story like we have like a very a very parallel religious upbringings in different religions and we're yeah making that's jokes awesome. about religious trauma like simultaneously yeah or together rather that's a fun idea i've always wanted to like 
do a show where it's like multiple stand-ups on stage, like performing at the same time or even setting each other up for material. It, that's exactly, yeah. It's where, a lot of that. And like, and didn't this happen with your mom? And then, you know, she Yeah, goes, you kind of use the talk show format plus like people's act where like then you're kind of like, oh, you're going to do a five-minute chunk? Cool, I'm just going to go like drink water on yeah, the side yeah, yeah. or like kind of like theatrically like stage it. You leave sure. the stage, you come back on. Yeah. And like have it more of like a theatrical experience. Because mm -hmm. especially now solo shows are coming up. I think it's kind of the new idea of like, having instead of people doing hours like mm -hmm. people have hours of material and like mm -hmm. they'll probably film it but a lot of that they're going to chop up and just like maybe they'll self-release an hour-long special yeah but if you're trying to do like a show that people like the solo shows are big having an actual statement you're making yeah or saying something with your material or even if it's just like exploring like you're like hey this was something crazy that happened you, you get you get more license to like be a little more exploratory yeah when it's not just like an hour of stand-up with you know it's like no i can be a little i don't know i don't it doesn't have to just be like laugh 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 like there's a little there's room to explore some other emotions to yeah. then make the laughs pop a little more but i don't know yeah and you can do that and then but it's also because it it's just like different styles yeah we're like i have so much fun being in a club where you're just doing fucking crowd work yeah me like oh my god this fucking guy over here like I, it's so fun i went to see um jessica kirsten oh. tape her special at the cellar last week yeah she's the master she's the master i was like i can't believe i get to be here this is like we're gonna study her forever Oh my God, it was incredible. But so, yeah. Stuff so, like that, but then also a show where like it's a storytelling show. Like it's just, they're different environments and it's fun yeah. doing both types of shows yeah. and just working that muscle. Mm -hmm. Where it's one of the reasons I love performing, like it's like doing stuff in Manhattan and then also doing like stuff in like Alt Chosen Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't do that many Alt Chosen Brooklyn, but like I, I, would love to. I just don't hang out enough. Mm. Uh, it's so cool. Yeah, I don't <laughs> but, either. <laughs> but um, it's more just the stylistic thing where like you see different rooms and what people resonate to. And like even like the amount of times I've had to explain to people like that the difference between like performing in a club in Manhattan versus performing in a bar in Bushwick <laughs> versus performing at a black room in Harlem. Oh and like God. the material shift is like drastically different. Yeah. And it's like everything you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Where I'm like, it's like, oh, the black room's where I talk the most about being white. <laughs> uh, and then it's like the alt room, you're not allowed to raise, mention racism at all. Yeah. Uh, because there are no black people in the room. Uh -huh. And then in Manhattan, it's like, yeah. So it's like this weird, like. Yeah. I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm pushing through that, um, like learning how to adjust, not to, like, Oh, how do I pander to this room? But like, how do I adjust? How do I adapt? Like, you like don't talk this exact same to every single group of people you ever encounter. That's just not like an effective way of connecting with people. Yeah, and you're not listening to them. So what? I mean, because everyone so, yeah. code switches. Yeah. Right. So it's like, and I think the idea that it's like, because people talk about code switching as like, I feel like it's got a negative connotation, or it's like something where people are like, oh, I shouldn't have to alter the way I walk, I talk in the workforce, or something like that. Like you kind of fucking do. That's why having a job is like that's like the way I talk like at a meeting at work is way different than how I talk to my friends at a bar. Yeah. Right. So it's like and I'm not saying it's always right. Like I also think when people talk about code switching that um, aspect, it's a lot more like kind of the racial bias and someone. Like, yeah. 
it's like the idea totally. of someone being like, oh, you talk really well, like yeah, that yeah, type yeah. of bullshit. <laughs> You're so, so I totally articulate. Get, I think that's more, it's more like, it feels like code switching is part of that conversation. Yeah, but, but everyone there's, there's code a switches. broader umbrella, I think, of code switching yeah. where, um, yeah, I, I think it's it, it can be like a broad enough like category of like just all yeah adapting your speech. It doesn't inherently have to. Uh, yes. Yeah. The way you talk to the dude at the gym is not the way you talk to your grandma. Yeah. Right. Like if you ever call your grandma, bro, I will slap your nose mm-hmm. off. Like that's like <laughs> insane. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you talk differently around different people. Yeah. And so it's the same with like performing where you kind of read a room like the way I perform like in a room. Um, like if I'm on queer show or something is different than if I'm performing in the back room of a bar where I know there's a ton of like military vets. Yeah. 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 Like there's just like a shift where then there's also stuff where like, just like for my own integrity, like I won't say, but like, there's also like a lot or like, even like for jokes and stuff, it's like, I'll do jokes about like insecurities and like, even like using phrases like oh like that's gay or something like that but like it's more like with the understanding of like i'm like oh if one of my queer friends heard this would they be cool with it yeah and then like if i know if it can pass the bar of like if i'm making a joke about like queer culture or like insecurities as a straight guy Mm -hmm. like if i can get it to pass in a queer room then i'm like cool we're good we're good and then also if i can get that laugh in like a more traditional club environment with a lot of like straight couples. Yeah. Then it's like perfect. But you have to run it by the group you're talking about. Yeah. Like if I have a joke about race and there are black people in my audience and I'm like a little self-conscious about saying it, the joke's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Where like if I can't be confident saying it to them, knowing they're going to understand where I'm coming from, like that's a bad joke. Yeah. Or it's at least I got to figure out what like a different angle is on. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a... Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, okay, we, we, okay, we were talking about, I was wondering what, so what finally brought you to New York? Partially a relationship, partially it's like, you kind of feel like you hit a ceiling. Felt like I was plateauing in Chicago. And also that's when I booked the Second City Cruise and was talking out Hell's Kitchen. So I knew I was going to be away from Chicago for four months. Okay. Um, And I also knew from other friends that had done cruise ships for them. It's like we said before, it's like you're on for four months, but then it's another four months back where people have to remember you're back. Mm -hmm. So you basically lose uh, most of a year just with the cruise ship contract. Yeah. In general. So I was kind of like, okay, well, I could do that. And I knew I wanted to do more stand up anyways. So because I knew I wasn't getting like fast tracked at Second City. So it was uh, I was kind of like, cool. Well, I could go back to Chicago, basically eat most of a year, then get to stand up there, start at the bottom and then like spend two years working my way up in that scene. And then you move to New York or L.A. Mm-hmm. Or I could just make that move to New York and spend those two years working my way up in New York. And I won't have any of the like opportunities that you do if you already had connections moving. Yeah. But at least I'll use those two years in the scene. Yeah. So I like decided to do that. Yeah. How did you I don't know. What was that like? What was coming to New York like? You know what? It wasn't. I don't know. It's definitely interesting because it was definitely a little isolating at the beginning because I knew a few people. But I was also starting to do stand up Mm -hmm. and I'd spent four months on a cruise ship. So I had like what I thought was eight minutes or eight to 10 minutes. Um, and then quickly that became like maybe one. <laughs> so like, I was kind of like, fuck, I'm like starting at oh the bottom God. with yeah. like no material. Yeah. And ideally when you move to a new city, you want to have like, if you can have like a solid, like a good 15 to 30, 
And then you just move there and then you just do a couple months where you run a material on mics and let people know you're super funny. Mm -hmm. That's the way to kind of like get opportunities quickly. Yeah. Instead, I was kind of like, oh, well, I'm just a fucking open micer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. And it was me kind of like everyone out here. (laughs) Yeah. And like everyone I knew was in like the improv world. So Mm -hmm. I kind of like started doing that, but my heart wasn't into it. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like falling into the same thing of like. It is the culture of like improv theaters where it is that um, there I feel like there's like a lack. It's a lot of. uh, Upper class. Liberal educated people who don't actually have a real understanding of like blue collar work. So there are times where I'm kind of like, it's like anytime you improvise a scene and someone's like, I'm the janitor. Yeah. I'm like, Dude, I fucking know janitors. Yeah. 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 Like, and even like, it's like, why was in first, why was in first grade? I wrote my dream job was to be a janitor. Hell yeah, man. And I wrote my uh, favorite movie was Bridge Over River Kwai. <laughs> <laughs> as I was digging my trench in the backyard. <laughs> as you're doing trench warfare as an eight year old. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm not over that. Oh, my God. Were you playing in trenches by yourself or like, oh, my God. Incredible. I was just telling someone today how um, I used to be like very obsessed with like older times and like older technology. Like my dad and stepmom used to go to flea markets all the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember I went to one with them and I was like begging for this like truly like from the 1800s like oil lantern oh yeah and my it was like 18 dollars, and my dad was like all right kid like let's get this for you yeah. and like got me some oil and a wick i had this like very flammable toy it's not a toy it's a it's a complete fire hazard yeah. but i was like this is the coolest shit ever <laughs> like i didn't show it to a single friend i was like this is for me oh this yeah. is for private alone time play <laughs> my lantern oh, oh yeah. my god i would have loved to come into your trench and just been like dude let's that go you, yeah that i mean we been... that would have been amazing because i also would make my mom buy me the the food kits oh the my meal god. kits oh my god. that they have like the like of the og like yeah. uh rations or whatever oh they my call god it. Like, i used to make my mom buy me rations oh yeah <laughs> that's so funny just so so old timey oh my god um so yeah i would definitely like do that and yeah but yeah but yeah so a lot of people who do improv are out of touch or it's not even that it just feels like there's like a a shallow i think it's like everything that people make fun of like uh liberals for like Mm -hmm. the kind of like yeah uh like when people are like it's like uh lack of real world understanding but like kind of like bold statements being Mm -hmm. like even like it's like a ball like I mean, there's a lot more nuance to it, but it's like people are just like, we need to just get rid of the police. And I'm like, okay, like there's also, there's more. I'm, I'm like, and this is as someone who like, I think they're overfunded <laughs> and they need to be actually held accountable for actions. And there's a lot that needs to be done in police reform. Um, but th- this idea that you're just like, we don't need them at all. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. I, there's all, It's also another thing to like, if you're if you're at, if you're an abolitionist, like I hope, really, or anyone, like I hope you have actually done homework. Like I hope you have thought about that. If you're a person who's saying like abolish X, like I I hope you've thought that through. And yeah. like uh, and I don't know. It's it it's an easy broad statement to make when you've never interacted. Yeah. With police. Well, and or every- and like just yeah. W- 
to to come in really hard about something that you know very little about firsthand, there's like there's a lot of hubris in that. Yes. And that's um insufferable. That's it. And there's a lot of people who are actually making like working hard to make changes to the police force, help hold the police accountable for like um things that they're doing wrong, which they do all the fucking time. Yeah, and no. There's a lot of people doing stands, good work, but it's, it's the like the the broad statements of people being like, oh yeah, like yeah, well, like okay, like abolish the police, but then like they don't actually participate in any of the mutual aid or mutual care efforts in their community, and yes. it's like okay, well, you call the cops when yeah. you're scared, but you don't participate. Like yeah, that's very two faced. Um, yeah, exactly. So there's, a, I feel like there's a lot of that, which is kind of like it, it's just hard to be around because then if you yeah. actually say something, we're like, I don't know if that's true. People are like. Whoa. And I'm like, yeah, okay. It, it, so even like with, um, I think it's just kind of with that. And so I have, like, there's a lot of great friends who do improv and stuff like that. But the idea of like having to be in a theater where everyone has to have the same way of thinking, which is kind of the point of doing improv in mm -hmm. a theater environment um, in general, um, or like just the way that they teach it. It's kind of like if I do stand up then I can like say what I want. And also yeah. then it can lead to like just more diverse lineups because every comic just set, talks about their own experience. Yeah. So you can easily make a show more diverse just being like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, w like I want to hear more from like people who are Asian and black. Cool. I'll book comics who are that and then ideally run a show where we can throw them some money and actually like give money to people doing art hey like, and i'm not artists? even saying like it's not like you're making a lot of money but like even if you can just give them a stipend for like six bucks for the train yeah it's it's just a gesture of being like thank you this yeah. is something and i'm not trying to like take advantage yeah of it. not like you should be thanking me for being here and but, you should pay me for your spot yeah, which is like and it's like then you just grow as a person because you're surrounded by a diverse group of friends yeah. and then it's like the amount of times i've had just black comics roast me for shit and i'm like oh yeah maybe i shouldn't <laughs> I'll watch what shoes I'm wearing yeah. next time. <laughs> yeah, I guess my sneaks are kind of dusty. <laughs> so has, oh, no. Okay. I didn't wear my New Balance today. Oh, but. my God. <laughs> um, yeah, it is interesting. Like, stand-up's not immune from that either. Like, there's so many. It's really, there's plenty in Bushwick. Like, oh, yeah. you know. Where I'm like, wow, okay, literally every single person in this room knows each other. Like, what is this? Yeah. What's the, what are we doing? Oh, What's yeah. the purpose of this? I mean, that's also, I like going to a room like that and just like talking about anything that's not. Anything that's not, not really. Because yeah. even, because are you 30s? Yeah. Yeah, same. So it's like, um, even like, also, I think just like once you hit your 30s, you're kind of like. I don't fucking care. <laughs> no. I just do not care. Oh, I feel so It's like, free. Ha, ha, yeah, you're all going to make it one day. Mm -hmm. uh, like fucking have fun in two years when one of you guys gets a TV deal and then the rest of you are kind of like, hey, why don't they talk to me anymore? And it's yeah. like, motherfucker, because that's how it works. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that you're not friends. It just means they're super fucking busy because mm -hmm. they're really talented. And then you're like, figure out what you do now. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want to do at the end of the day? Yeah. When everyone gets busy with like their own careers and uh families mm -hmm. and stuff like that it's like then find people with mutual interests and like do that yeah is is um are you interested in like a, f a family like be it like parenthood um i've i'm gonna say no it's not that i'm like against it it's just never something i've imagined for myself in the future like i, I, I try to do the exercise of like imagining like oh what's my like dream 
like ideally in the future, what could my dream be? Like, and it's never like me in a house with a, a family yeah, or anything yeah, like yeah. that. If anything, it's probably like just, I don't know what to make of this, but I've like, because I've talked about, did I tell you I'm in therapy? So, <laughs> so I, what? I like tried to like just narrow it down because it can be tough, especially as you get older and your priorities change and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's like just that dream of like being able to like make a living doing projects you're passionate about and just like the idea of having like a really nice office with like a nice wooden desk Ooh. and like a nice window <gasps> with the light coming in. <sighs> In like books that I love I feel you, dude. on the wall, I like freaking... it's like a nice like library, like yeah. just on the wall, not even, just like paperbacks. No, I'm, I'm not a hardcover person. Oh, it's, they're okay. too expensive. That's uh, that's very true. So I'm also cheap. So <laughs> I want all the money to go into like a nice like into desk. the wood, in, into, the, the, into wood. the shelving unit, in, not in, the li- literature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. Me too. Um, so <laughs> I think there's something with that where it's like I'm like, oh, that's like sounds so nice yeah and then if on the other side of that door there are kids and shit cool yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. i'm so jealous of like all these like old movies where they're like oh dad's in the office yeah he's got an office that's cool that fucking dad's killing there's like a decanter (laughs) and he could just tell you to not come in yeah oh that seems awesome i would love to I, I think the idea of like long term partnership is, sounds really nice to me. And yes. I think that is something I'd like. But I have always maintained I want my own room. Like I need a room where I have complete. Oh, yes. I have complete executive creative control. I need to be a dictator in at least one. Oh, room. for sure. And I think I also am going through a little bit of like self-reflection on relationships because in my 20s, I was in a six year relationship. And Which, then from how old to how old? So what? that was 23 to 29. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so then and then even last year I was in a relationship with my uh ex who uh I'm like we're still good friends, everything like that. It was mm-hmm. just we were having issues communicating, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um but even with it, it's like I think especially something I've like come to realize is like I kinda on the quest to like gain on antidepressants and like kind of just be more mindful of where I'm at is I think for a while, um I kind of thought like if you get into a relationship, it can like fix things with you yeah because i think especially i mean i definitely get that from like i think it's just kind of the idea of like family values and Mm -hmm. stuff like that they're just like imbued from like it's supposed to be this way so if you get on the track to that oh yeah he's like oh he's getting into trouble but if he finds a good girl he'll settle down yeah and then you're like no he's still gonna be doing this he's still gonna be an alcoholic yeah (laughs) just now he'll be at home drinking yeah great so it's like but so even just the idea like self-reflecting being like oh yeah like i would the if the right relationship comes along i would love to have a long-term relationship Mm -hmm. but i'm also like realizing like i i'm not like i need it yeah you could well i don't know if if this is your experience but i i i have i'm only getting better at the like I would rather be alone than in a relationship where I felt lonely. Yeah. Like I I want I've been on a quest to like be comfortable with solitude. I don't think there's like oh you're single like oh you feel sad for me like oh, that's kind of a you thing. Yeah. Um I'm I'm great. I'm a really good hang. Yeah. And Rory Scoville has my favorite joke about weed where it's like marijuana you remind me i'm fun when it's just me <laughs> and it's like i am fun when it's just like i oh i need to learn my needs and i need to learn how to yeah. meet them and like that's actually the priority and if the right 
like if 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 something that fits with that comes along, then beautiful. But it's not like a part of me's missing, and I have to find my other half. Like that's yeah. not that that's not for me. That's not my paradigm. Have you had trouble with solitude in the past? Have I say that again? Have you had trouble like being alone in the past? I've, I've like always been alone. I've, yeah, like, I'm in the same been, boat. Where I love single. going to the movies by myself Ooh. because I hate going to a movie with someone who then afterwards is complaining about it or oh didn't get God. something. I'm like, you should have watched the fucking movie. I just even like this <laughs> sounds like sadder, but like when I went to co- I went to college in New York City, and I was like, oh my god, like we're in New York City, we could literally do anything any night of the week. I like started playing another instrument. I like I I did a lot. I like did yeah. a lot of exploring but the school i went to was so uptight and like on a saturday night you had to like fight for a spot in the library and i was like does anyone want to go to like a concert like we're in new on york a saturday on a saturday night and like the the butler library packed to the gills okay Whoa. really sad place and i just was like well i'm going to the concert so I mean, you, you guys have a great time here that's being like reading. okay let's not all black out tonight. Yeah. <laughs> One of us needs to remember what happened so we know why we had bruises. Oh, my God. (laughs) Someone write, take notes about the bruises. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I've been like following my own curiosities for a long time. And that has meant like, well, not everyone's as fun as you, Danielle. And they don't want to go see the cool concert that you're going to. Which is insane. Okay. I know. know. I'm like, yeah, that's a them thing. That's a them thing. This is definitely the move. The move is definitely go do the fun thing. What? Crazy. You, oh. your, your mind is blown. Like your facial expression. Well, just because I've never um, been it's like amazing. I've never been bad at school. But it's like I guess I've also never been drawn towards like places with like high academic standards. Just because I also have like always been like I like get along and know how to like figure stuff out. Like mm-hmm. I never did bad in school. Um, but. It's the idea of like, I think it's also my parents were kind of like, no, you just like work on the farm. Yeah. And like, I never had that like tiger mom or anything like that, where it's like not that like you have to get into this. No, college. it like, sounds like you had some balance. Yeah. And it's like funny where like, so I'm like, my family is like legacy at UMass Amherst. Like, it's just everyone's gone everyone's there. Everyone's gone Because it's like a good state school. Yeah. They have a good ag program. They also have a good education program. So everyone's just like, yeah, why wouldn't you why? go here? That's dumb, actually. Why would go you go there. to another school and spend $40,000 a year? For the same shit you could get yeah. for six thousand, that's crazy. A year, like here, like yeah. Why, like yeah. that's insane. So that you could suffer. Yeah, it's like why would you do that? Um, so it's nice having that. No, as- it's a really horrendous culture to like go to college in. I don't. Yeah, I don't I, recommend. I also it. talk to other people who've. I mean, it's also some people who like it's like very strict, like. Or, Maybe it's like some of my friends who like uh, came over with like immigrant parents and sure, stuff like that. Sure, and sure. they're like classic. It's like just like a high academic standard. Yeah. And like they're you expected to get crush. A's all the time. You crush. And you're just like in the library fucking pounding your head against the desk feeling like a piece of shit. Yeah. Because you're not working hard enough, even yeah. though you've been in the library for 20 hours. Mm-hmm. Straight. Yeah. So it's like that, like push mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I no, never... there's it's a lot of like it, it's. It's not it's it doesn't exist in a vacuum like it comes from somewhere and it's not just like a monolithic culture. There's like, you know, there's like rich legacy kids in the library on the weekend. And then there's also like, you know, whatever, like the the but the culture is so laser focused on academic achievement, not learning, but academic achievement. Yes. And that is soul sucking. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and I, my nervous system couldn't handle it. I don't know, but yeah, that was too much. And you me. also were in New York City, and you're like, don't you want to see music? Anything? Like, this like, is the city that every single band comes to. It's the weekend. Like it is the weekend. Like if yeah. you're not going to the concert tonight, like what? What, what do you, you think you're going to do when you graduate? What do you do? What, what are, are you, you going to do when you get that, become a doctor or something? It's oh like you have all this money or like you're in this high position. Like you're just going to be studying on the weekend. No, it's like. It's very, it's, it's a, oh, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. That's I a, don't like it. That's an intense yeah, environment. It was a very intense environment. But I always get a, a little confused when there are people who are like. Yeah, friends who are like, they have to go, like, even like, I'll go eat at a restaurant by myself. I have yeah, no yeah, qualms yeah. about that. It's like, I'm very comfortable doing things by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, where I, I'm always kind of like, I'll travel. Some people along. are like, oh, I'm like learning how to do things by myself. I'm like, what? Like, just go do it. Yeah. Go do it. Like, yeah. I, I, I think I'm, I'm like stronger for that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I much prefer, I like, how I am. Oh yeah. I like me. Well, it also shows where like you're someone who's actually I mean actually um like you're interesting to talk to because you have your own opinions mm-hmm. and you actually have like a diverse background where even before this I listened to your description of what this podcast is mm-hmm. and like you're, it's like doula feminist former Republican <laughs> Jewish <laughs> like it's like this crazy thing where I was like Who? I was like whoa <laughs> fuck yeah this is everything you want. In a yeah, conversation. I just want to know everything about everyone. Yeah, and but that's also where it's like being open to actually having wanting to hear how someone actually feels about something, and not just assuming they agree with you. Not assuming they agree with me. Not just doing bits until we explode. Yeah. Like love, you know, love good, love doing that, love to oh. play. Oh yeah, but but also. I want to know about therapy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it's having that well verse where it's like, be funny, but then also like, oh shit, wait, what's going on? Yeah, tell me more about where yeah. you're at because it's also then it kind of like makes you feel less alone, mm-hmm. or like you hear that experience that you deal with something similar in six months. Yeah, like even talking to people about breakups and like even relationships mm-hmm. or like even just casual dating, like hookup stuff, where you're kind of like, oh yeah, we're bonding. I'm like, you know what? I had the same fucking thing happen. Mm-hmm. I got. Oh, you you got ghosted the other day. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you just like it like creates a bond. Yeah. Do you find your friends in comedy? It do you have a in New York? Are are there any of your like um, UMass Amherst or friends from home who live in New York? There are, but I haven't kept in um, that close of contact is your is your is your like social um network or like support system in new york primarily people who you've met from comedy yes and they also yeah i would say in general it's mostly people i met in comedy um and then also like some former co-workers Mm. stuff like that yeah um but it is i'm trying to think if there's anybody from not really. I feel like now I'm kind of reconnecting with people from my youth more like because I definitely had a thing when I moved to Chicago. It was kind of me making a point to kind mm-hmm. of disconnect because yeah. I grew up in Hadley, went to school in the place next to it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, I need to just move a thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. Be, so I like cannot work on the farm. Yeah. Like, and I kind of need to just uh, physically and emotionally distance myself so I can figure out some shit. Yeah. 
away from it. And my, if I'm a plane ride away, that's way different than being like, now it's like my family's in Western Massachusetts. So mm-hmm. now it's like, and I just got a car. So like now I can drive back in like three hours. Yeah. That's not bad yeah. at all. That's like one podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, that's half an episode of Joe Rogan. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's like insane where I don't, whatever. I don't have to comment on I don't listen to him that much. So, oh, my fans are going to come for you. Yeah. If you got this far into this episode, oh my God. thank you. Please yeah, DM me. Truly. Hate mail. What's up, you um, guys? <laughs> but uh, um, so I think I definitely needed that emotional break. But now it's even friends from my hometown stuff. I think I kind of lost contact with them a little bit because I was just focused on my own thing. Yeah. Even like and it's just hard to relate where you're like, hey, I'm doing like improv in Chicago, yeah, in a city. And yeah. I have a lot of friends who like, I'm like, hey, if you're ever in New York, like come. And they're like, dude, I don't, I'm not going to New York. Yeah. Why would I? They're, oh. they're also anti-vax. But it's okay. like, it's like, it's, <laughs> so it's like, it's like that thing I where can't. they're um, kind of like, they're like, I don't like the city. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. I'll see why I'm back in town. Yeah. Like, How do you feel about the city? Like compared to, I don't know, like the, where you grew up? I mean, I like it. I like having stuff to do. Um, if I wasn't doing comedy, I don't know if I would live in New York. Yeah, that's very fair. So, because it's basically also it's like I'm not from New York. I, I besides comedy, I like the city, but I'm not someone who's emotionally yeah invested in like, the city. Where it's even like it's also for being able if like the idea of doing something to help the community. I just know like based on like my family ties, like in my hometown stuff like that. If I like actually want to help people. In a community, living in my hometown, I'd be able to do more than I could in New York. Yeah. Because in New York, I'm just a fucking gentrifier. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like, you I'm, I like supporting smaller businesses. I like the food, food wise, it's like nothing beats a fucking Jamaican yeah. f- food place. But it's like, um, but for me to actually like get involved with a community in New York, it's like I don't have connections. Mm-hmm. I would be an outsider and I could volunteer some time, but mm-hmm. like I'm not someone who could actually make change or have connections that could lead to bigger yeah, yeah, yeah. um significant impacts. No, when when you're not like rooted somewhere in yeah. that way, for, that makes sense. Yeah. So if if I was doing that, and it's like, I mean, there are a lot of benefits of like even yeah, like Western Massachusetts is beautiful, mm-hmm. and it took me a while. Like and now that I have a little emotional distance, where like I was definitely afraid, like when I was younger, of like because I was also just drinking in the woods with other hicks. Like we we're having, and it was a fucking great time. Yeah, but also like they were saying some crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're kind Did of like, you know, it was great. Like at the time, oh yeah. Like okay. I mean, I I know someone who like got drunk. It was like. If I could, I would kill Obama. Oh my! Like God. shit like that, where you're like, you hung out with my mom. Yeah, exactly. She's a good hang. I'm just saying, she doesn't <laughs> get drunk. She doesn't get drunk. So. But yeah, so it's stuff like that where it's like, even yeah, just people where I'm like, because there's a lot of good people, but then there's also like any community, there are people who are just like out of their minds and crazy. Mm-hmm. But then also it's like I'm like. Yeah, keep them in Hadley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't let them get on Twitter. Exactly. It's like if they do post something insane online, fucking don't respond. Just let it toil in obscurity and let die. that get buried. In so Facebook. even that, it's like even now when I go home, I think it's also because I perform. I'm more involved with like the stand up scene in Western Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more people who have uh, similarities and things in common with. So when I go back now, it's like more fun because yeah. I'm like, oh shit, like. It's like I definitely have my friends from high school who I connect with, but it's like that idea of like I'm like oh I'm a different person than yeah, I was. Yeah, no, then. like your and current self has had like 
can get activated there. And somehow I didn't know this. Like, I think it's just small town mentality mm-hmm. is a big thing, too. Because at any point when I was growing up, I could have just driven. I could have driven to Boston. Yeah. Any weekend. That's it's like true. a two hour drive, but it's like two hours. Yeah. But I never even thought to do that. <laughs> yeah. Never even thought. Yeah. I was kind of like, I was like, what? oh, well, I don't want to get on the highway. Well, that's like, far. That's far. But I could have done that. Sure. And done things in Boston. But instead, there was this like poll where it's like, well, I should probably just stay in town tonight. Yeah. I got work in the morning. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I could have done stuff. Sure. So even now I'm kind of like, oh, you can like just find what you want to do and people you want to hang out with and then drive 45 minutes and fucking hang out with them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to Western Mass this coming weekend for oh. my friend's wedding. Awesome. Yeah. I'm psyched. It's going to be beautiful. I hope. Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nice. Um, yeah. Do you do you go back to visit much? I'm starting to do more now. And I'm also like just got a car. So I'm trying to do more road stuff. Mm. And I think it's easier to get longer sets in New England. Anywhere else. Um, <laughs> in Pennsylvania. So it's also just me kind of like trying to push myself and like be able to like work towards longer sets. Mm-hmm. And kind of push myself outside New York, too. And it's just more stage time. Yeah. Where it's a chance to like, and it's just fun to like perform. I love going to just like random towns and performing mm-hmm. where you just get to perform for a room full of people. And like also it's a good reminder that like people are everyone's human mm-hmm. and they just want to have a good time. Yeah. And like sometimes you'll do material they don't connect with, but then you can bond over the fact that you have differences, mm-hmm. which is just like a fun moment in a yeah. show. Where it's, it's, kind of like, it's still very real. Yeah. It's just like you get to like be in a room with people and like there's some and people outside New York are excited to see comedy. <laughs> where like everyone in New York kind of has a chip on the shoulder because everyone here knows somebody who's a big deal yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So it's like harder to find that excitement unless you're in like one of the bigger clubs. Yeah. No, in New York, it's not just comedy. Like so many people are so spoiled here because it's like the best of so many things like music. It's like you could literally see the the best musicians. Like it's insane. So it's. You just have everything at your fingertips. So you're kind of spoiled. It's like being on Netflix and you scroll for a half hour. We're like, we've got millions of movies. So much content. And I cannot pick any. It's like too overwhelming. It's too much. So you're kind of like, whenever you're watching something, you're like, oh, well, should I have done this other thing? Yeah. Where like, when you're in a smaller market, people are like excited. They're like, dude, we don't have much going on. This is fucking fun. Let's do it. It's comedy night. Yeah. Let's have a good time. (laughs) That's so fun. I think you were at the show, a show I did in Western Mass yes. at that um, Magnolia Theater. Yes. And I was like, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God, everyone here wants to have fun. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. I, how's it, how is it having a car? Um, I've only had it for like two weeks. Okay, okay. Okay, but congratulations. I'm already very excited. I've had one in 10 years. I also grew up driving because I started driving on the road when I was like 14. Yeah. <laughs> uh, around the time I started drinking. <laughs> well, <laughs> beautiful. And we love that. And we love to see that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so it, it, like, I mean, I also would operate machinery. Like I basically drove everything up like not a tractor trailer truck, but everything below I've okay. operated. Wow. Um, so I've like, I'm like comfortable. I don't love driving big box trucks and stuff. But I can, if okay. I need to. Um, so it's like, I definitely forget the freedom of like, just being able, like I drove here today. Yeah. That's I just like cool. hopped in a car, drove. That's so cool. <laughs> it was like very close, but it's like, there is like some freedom where it's like, also even now I'm like, dude, if I want to like, just go hike, I can just go you can hike. Just go. 
Ooh, I'm, 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 I've been having, I feel like I'm, it feels like a, I don't know, it feels like a, a new, like a new chapter of life where I'm like, oh, my fantasy now is to have a car. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm always dreaming about that. I'm like, oh, if I could just. And I also like, it's more like, I also like just locked into a situation where my roommate needed to get rid of his, paid him cash, uh, declared on the papers it was a gift and he he gave it to me for free, so no taxes. rules. It's all about, and it it makes it feel sweeter when you, uh, when you fuck over the government a little bit. Yeah, fuck those guys. Because you also go to the DMV and there are stakes. Oh my God. Where it kind of feels like they're like checking your papers. And you're you're kind of they're literally checking your papers. Did you go to do you go to the DMV near there's a DMV in yeah in in downtown Brooklyn that is no windows. So sad. Oh, I think most DMVs. I guess most yeah, I guess because you kinda need to isolate it and you can't let people know there's a world outside. Yeah, I guess the one in Boston also didn't have any windows. It's very sad. It's very sad, but you kind of need people focused. And yeah. You need them just looking for Do their number and then paperwork. going up and passing yeah. the uh, driving test. Oh, my God. I just want to. I, I I also I'd, I'd really like to start doing road stuff and I, I don't have to have a car, but that certainly you, is like if you, it just opens up so many more. Opportunities. Yeah. Like you're. I, I don't know, like the logistics become now it's like very easy to be like, oh, well, I don't have a car, so I can't really do well, it. Well, because then yeah. it also like it seems like it would be cheaper. But unless you're doing a show like in a major city, it's like if you're doing a smaller market or something or like just a smaller town, it's like even if you can find a cheap like Greyhound to nearby that town, you still have to find a way to get from that yeah. bus station to the venue. Yeah. And then also. Hey, I mean, the bus stations, they always uh, pick the most dangerous part of town oh my to God. put them in. Oh, my where God. Even I How took, do they know? That was I, So I took, when I was in Chicago, we did Improv Festival in Detroit, the Detroit Improv Festival, which was a good time. Cool. But I had to go a day later, um, and I took a, a Megabus uh, out there, and then it just dropped me off in the middle of nowhere, Detroit. So then it was like the other guys on my troop had to pick me up there, oh and boy. I like gave them the directions, and they're like, where the fuck is it? I was in a oh, parking lot. Oh my god! Just like in the middle of nowhere. Just, just in Detroit. Have you ever been to Detroit? I actually have been, but I was there when I was a kid. It's where my stepmom was from. I love Detroit. Oh man, I was in Orthodox Jewish Detroit, so I don't. Ooh, so I, I don't even. Yeah, but I'm like, even, have I been to Detroit? I, I just, I love underdog cities. Yeah, and especially that city's been so rocked over the years. Oh like god. it's been so fucked over. No, it's iconic. It has such a history of like with the car factories and stuff like that. Um, in Motown, like yeah. it's got so much history to it, and the people who are there are like so proud of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, but even but it's still dangerous. Like, yeah. Um, because what when we went, we went to this place called the Heidelberg Project. Mm-hmm. So it's, this guy just took basically a part of like rundown Detroit, where like no one wanted to live. It's a whole block of houses. I think he bought like he just made it into an art exhibit. Damn. So it's like and there was and it's not even like it wasn't even like good art. It was like one of them was just filled with teddy bears. <laughs> it was just like it was like and like worn down teddy bears. But sure. it's just like cool oh walking down this. So it's just like a bunch of people driving to this thing in the middle of nowhere. But also that was me with my like all white guys yeah, yeah. who grew up in the suburbs improv team. Oh my so we're god. Driving. So then I'm also just always like, dude, we'll be they're like, hey, is this safe? I'm like, we're gonna be fine. And then as we're driving there, we're stopped at a red light. And I like look over and there's a car next to us. And the guy's got like uh, uh, his coat pulled all the way up over his head. Oh, and I'm like, my that's goodness. a little suspicious. And huh. I'm like, okay, whatever. 
they were saying there and then the light turns green and then we look over and that car was getting pushed by another car it had no engine <laughs> oh my god so <laughs> the like, irony like a, a car in detroit and then everyone no else engine. in the car is like hey um don't look to your right oh right my now. god don't, don't do that don't guys look. who think this is dangerous oh we'll my god don't tell your moms oh my god detroit yeah i would love to I'd love to go back and check out the parts Same. that aren't just Orthodox Jewish people. Yeah, I want to go cool. back because it was like just like a short trip where it's like I got to see like some of the older like car factories go to yeah. this cool like restaurant and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it was just like a fun place to check out. Yeah. Have Have you been? Do you have like a favorite city in the U.S. that you've been to so far? Ooh. Um, you don't have to pick one, but. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's. Okay, I don't know if it's like my favorite, but I love the that vibe stands of out. it. So what I mean, I just went to it. It stood out because I wasn't expecting it. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania Ooh, is very fun because I performed at their music fest. Okay. Um, so it's a yearly festival they do. Dan Fitzpatrick's from there, if you know. Okay. Um, and so it's a yearly festival they do where it's all cover bands. Oh, wow. So it's just like a street fair. And I was like, dude, this is right up trashy white guy oh, alley. Oh, my God. This is like so sweet. And the whole town just is taken over. But then Bethlehem also has like a cool history of like, it's kind of like revolutionary war era like stuff going on. So yeah. it's like they have like, it's like a blacksmith shop and like a lot of like historic buildings there. Whoa. So it's, it's like beautiful downtown. Yeah. But then they could just kind of like take it over for cover bands. And then wow. they just have these like fucking awesome stand-up shows damn and they have um and i feel like they're they have like a cool little comedy theater there called like steel stacks yeah or it's like a theater involved with that and i think what's cool now is like we're kind of like post almost like post uh a traditional comedy club and improv theater where it's like a lot of small markets are starting just like kind of like improv stand-up theaters mm -hmm. where it's kind of like smaller theaters where it's like Oh, we do like improv classes, but we also have like stand up nights and like yeah. there's no like it's like kind of like post everything. Yeah, where it's like yeah, even yeah. like Gen Z now where it's like no one's like no musician has like a genre they do. They're kind of like, oh, yeah, like I'll do like I like I rap, but I also am grunge. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck? Huh? This is wild. You're influenced <laughs> okay. by everything. Yeah. So yeah. it's cool that there's a lot of these like smaller theaters. They're just kind of like we got stand ups, but we're also doing a riff show and we're <laughs> going to have an improv team like yeah. coming up. Like, and they're just kind of like, we just want fun comedy. Yeah. And we'll book smaller acts. I love that. That might have like some TV credits. And then we're just going to like pack out this theater because this is a comic we like seeing. Yeah. And like, we might have like a drink minimum, but odds are we don't. We just want like make ends meet. Yeah. And like, just have like a kick ass. And like, we're probably getting a little bit of money from the community because we're bringing some art. Yeah. And it's like so fucking cool that there's more and more of that popping up. I, I, that is like, gives me so much. Um, that like fills my well, you know, yeah. like, where I'm just like, I I think also this is maybe like a, I don't know if it's like once you're in your 30s, but or just like oh, just growing, growing older and just growing like um, I feel like I feel successful. Like I know I'm not like I haven't I don't have like industry success, but I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like doing this stuff I want to do. Like this yeah. feels like a huge win. So. Well you also forget like even just like think about years ago where it is kind of nice like even 
sometimes I just get pissed off being at Mike's because it's a bunch of new comics. Mm. But then it's just me being like, I forget. I have to just check how old and grumpy I can be. <laughs> or even like last night, I got to like host a show at a theater Friday night, 830 p.m. Fucking packed out show. Sweet spot. And, and leading up to it, I was just like, I don't fucking want to do this tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was like, wait a second. What the fuck am I saying? Yeah, what? I'm I getting love paid this. to perform. Yeah. And it's a fun crowd. Yeah. This is ideal. It's literally the best. And then I'm gonna go and spend all this money at a bar afterwards with my friends who I met doing this. Yeah. Like why the like? But it's like so easy once you like the the goalpost always moves. Yeah. So you're always gonna be jaded to some degree, and there's always someone doing better than you. Oh no, that is on. That is completely inevitable. But even just you're like, I get to get on stage, talk about what makes me laugh, and I'm good enough at it. Where more often than not. I get an audience to laugh mm-hmm. and they're not laughing. The show is so bad. It's hilariously bad. Yeah. So it's like, and then I'm going to, I'm immediately going to text someone going, you will not believe how bad of a show oh I just had god. to endure. Oh my God. And yeah. it's just like, you're like, you got community people who are doing exciting stuff. Like even like this, like podcast studio and stuff yeah. like that. It's just like a fucking cool project yeah. run by cool people. Mm-hmm. And you're doing great interviews. Like, so fuck it's like, yeah. fuck, it's like, <laughs> it's just like nice where you're like, I mean, there are times where I'm like, I'm like, hey, if you guys want to pay me, more, oh, I would really don't I would get love to me wrong. <laughs> I would love to not have a day job, you know, but also it's like I would rather of have a course. day job where I then get to do what I want performance wise than be stuck working for some TV show or something where I'm fucking miserable and yeah. I'm just doing what I feel like I have to be doing to appease some weird industry desire. Yeah, yeah. I just. um I, I don't know. I'm there's a, I, I was like on the hamster wheel of like prestige culture, right? Like coming like high academic achievement. I went to law school for reasons that like had nothing to do with what I actually wanted yeah. and um, was just like in that mode for so long of just like achieve, achieve like name brand institution, you know, where even when I was like moving into comedy, I was like, OK, SNL, like just because I've like heard of it. Yeah. And it's like. I don't watch that show like and that's okay and it's amazing and an institution and it doesn't need me my validation but um I'm like oh I'm I'm doing this for me (laughs) oh yeah and it's now it's like trying to recalibrate where it's like once you realize you're like oh I don't need the tv credit or like that that's not what brings me joy it is literally having your own material and feeling an audience connect with it yeah or just someone just coming up being like hey man you're really fun like just stuff like that oh where it's God. like just small stuff um, i think that's why people like or that's why a lot of people i think like or a lot of that's what's a lot of stand-ups are in it for they're yeah. just like no when you like connect it's like yeah. you get a high. Yeah. You just also, really do. I mean, this is like maybe a little too far. No, but like, go, have you no. ever hooked up with someone after a show who not, saw you perform? Not yet. Okay. I will say it fucking. It, Chuckle fucker. Sweet feeling <laughs> when that happens. You're like, I'm pretty sure it's a, like, yo, I'm funny enough to get laid off of it. That's, what? That has not. I don't. I think that that doesn't happen to women as much. Um, Definitely not. <laughs> Which is, I don't know how I feel. I'm like, is that I mean, bad or is that good? The whole conversation about gender dynamic, like it's stuff like that. Very true. But it is just like, it's a fucking sweet feeling. Yeah, that I'm sure that feels sweet. Yeah. Okay, well, now I feel bad. No. I was, like, I was kind of like, I'm like, wait, I you want that? Like, I want that for you. We have you. great dick jokes. I want it for Very everyone. pro dick. Oh, yeah. And people with dicks really want to fuck after they hear my dick jokes. <laughs> I think it's pro dick. Is it, Maxim? Yeah. He's not into it. Hello? 
Oh my god. Wait. Wait, do I have Oh my Wait, how, am I like way over? Oh my gosh, Connor. Oh my gosh, but I'm so sorry. I don't mean to do that. Okay, let me let me let me wrap it up. Let me wrap up. Woo! I told Max. Oh God. Okay, Jesus. Okay, so well, I hope you guys enjoyed this four-hour episode with Tony. Okay, I love my dick jokes. I think people with dicks don't love, don't feel like super horned up when I'm like, your dicks are so cute when they're soft, and they're they like, are. okay, well, I don't really want to fuck her now. Um, but, but comedy is great <laughs> i had I, I it's so nice to hang out with you dude this was so much fun this was so lovely thank you so much for doing this thank show. you for having me and connor we you, we you gotta you gotta <laughs> have the boundaries someone has to tell me to shut the fuck up or obviously i'm never gonna do that i love the sound of my own voice i can't be i can't be trusted to end a show on time oh god i'm trying to blame connor for my <laughs> thank you connor and maxim Okay, it's over.